Welcome back to another episode of Hammering Down. Uh, I am being joined today by someone who's been on this show three times now, which might be the most. Maybe you're tied with a uh, goal, one of the goalkeepers for Legion, uh, Trevor Spangenberg. Um, and I thought three times was a lot until you realize that the guy that I'm talking to has a six-part saga about uh, you know, whatever's going on in Birmingham, England. I'm being joined by uh, the God Complex himself, Mark Watson. <laughs> you mate, how you doing? And all right, and all right. How are you? Sitting? How are you? Not too bad. I was the fourth of July. Um, explosions as always. You know, yeah. fireworks. That's what we do. What did you do? Barbecue and all the all that stuff. I didn't. I, I basically I was out and about all weekend, and it fell on a Monday this year, and I could not be bothered. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> Call yourself an American. My God, they'll take your citizenship off you. Oh yeah, I never said I was American. I just said I was from Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Before we go into anything, I have a question about American food. Okay. As I, was, I was driving around at work today. It popped into my head. So, fries. Okay. We have fries. McDonald's sell fries. They are thin, pathetic, poor excuses of chips. Yes. What we call chips. My question is, do you have what we would call chips yes. in America? Yes. What so- do you call them? They're just Fat fries. Okay. So we call them steak fries. Um, steak right. fries are they basically big fat pieces of potato, fried potato, chips, proper chips, yeah. <laughs> and basically, they they're called steak fries because I guess they were just initially sold with pieces of steak. I don't know. I don't know the history of fat fries, but yeah, we call them steak fries. And is that a standard thing, or when you go out to a restaurant, do you just have fries? So I guess it kind of depends. Most of the time you kind of figure out where you're going, right? Because if you're going to McDonald's, if you're going to, I don't know if it's over there, Wendy's or like a Burger King, whatever, Mm. um, you know, you're getting the little tiny fries. That's kind of part of the, yeah, yeah, it's kind of what you're expecting. But if you go out to a barbecue joint or if you go out to a steak restaurant, you order fries and they give you the tiny little pathetic things, you're, you're really mad about what you just ordered. Right. Okay. So it's kind of knowing, it's kind of knowing your place, I guess. Do you know what would make it easier? What? If you called the thick ones chips and the thin ones fries. We have chips, mate. If you called them crisps, then this would solve everyone's problem. But the issue is, is that not all crisps, like chips, are the same. So we have like, do you guys have, do you guys call them kettle crisp? Uh, Well, I mean, kettle crisp is a brand, isn't it? We just call them, they are just crisps. Crisps are crisps. Okay. So we have, I think you call them, you might call them lays, we call them walkers. Okay, um, so the little thin ones, the little thin potato slices. Yeah, crisps, yeah. Right, so there's a thicker version of them that are like really... Thick crisps. <laughs> yeah, so there, there you go. We call them steak crisps. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Man. So, I mean, kind of last time that we had I had you on, it was you and Pew after the Euros um where you know we talked and we were kind of uh hooked on the burger sugar more than the average uh you know i guess englishman Uh, we talked about it a whole lot that was kind of the highlight of the whole podcast actually strangely enough um (laughs) but this time i guess you've we kind of talked about a little bit beforehand you guys have been in the middle of blues twitter drama nonstop. yeah it's it's been about 12 years of it now um (laughs) But yeah, it's Blues Twitter is on fire more so than usual um, because as a collective fan base, we like to argue with each other, I suppose. 
I mean, right now, uh, if I go over to Blue's Twitter, because I do enjoy going over there and just kind of seeing what's going on, I like yeah. I like seeing what's happening. Um, <laughs> usually, it's a mix of of Boyer out. Actually, I don't think Boyer was that bad. I thought he was fine. He didn't get a fair shake. When's the when's the new uh, takeover going to happen? Is it going to be this person, this person, or this person? Well, they're all wanks, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but also, uh, thank God Darby went down. That's kind of the... Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the main thing. That's the one thing we all have unity around is thank God Darby County are dying. <laughs> well, no other... You know what? Genuinely... Never, ever cared about Derby in my life. Never have, never will. Until we sang a joke song, We're All Having a Party When Derby County Die. That was six months ago, and they are still crying about it now. So I wasn't going to before. Now I'm trying to work out what size cake I'm going to get for this party because they've moaned about it so much. They've got their owners like setting fire to their club. But the fact that Birmingham City sang a song about them makes us the spawn of the devil. So I do hope they die. I mean, didn't they sing the same thing when you guys got a point deduction? Wasn't that like yes. where the whole thing sparked? Part of the reason we got a points deduction is because they pushed for it and they were adamant that we should get it. And then they were on, on social media boasting about how they're breaking all these financial rules, but they're, they're getting away with it. Way, Yeah, well, you didn't get away with it now. Did you lads see down in League One? Pricks. I mean, right now, it seems like a lot of Blue Twitter believes that you're going to be joining them next year, right? I mean... Yep, without a doubt. So... Something I'm a little bit confused about. Obviously, the uh, championship season lasts a mm. long time. What is it? Is it 40, 42 matches? 40, is it 42 or 44? 44. It's long. I'll be wrong. Could even be 46. That shows how bad my maths is. I mean, that's really long. Yeah. If you And then you include FA Cup, uh, EFL Cup. Cup. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous how many games that you guys play. And then it, would, it does, it helps that we're crap and we go out those competitions pretty early. So yeah, that's the silver <laughs> lining. So right now, the big reason I think I've been seeing a lot of people say, well, blues are going down, blues are going down is because, I mean, partially because squad size, you guys haven't signed anybody, man, because you now know you finally have a coach. So maybe somebody's going to be signed right over. But I mean, how big is the squad right now anyway? Uh, we've, got about three players a tea lady the groundsman um and the chairman if he's willing to put his boots on um no the squad size we basically don't have a left up left-sided player at all we haven't got a left back which before we had um pedersen and he's gone to union berlin i think so i'm i'm not sure if it was better to have him or no one probably no one to be honest so i'm not too disheartened about that uh we don't have a left mid or a left winger um, we don't have a left-hand side of the of the pitch at the moment. We've literally just maybe two hours ago signed Dion Sanderson back on loan, um, which people are excited about and they are probably well within the rights to be excited about. Is he going to take us to the Premier League? Probably not, but he's better than Harley Dean, so I'll take that. I was impressed um, with what I saw uh, uh, from him last year. Every single time I watched him, I was pretty impressed. Hey, and he seemed like he was uh, up to it. I mean, at not a, oh god, what was the match? I mean, this the, who knows? It could be all of them. Um, yeah. No, it was the Coventry City where it was like all th- like all three of the defenders, I think, including Pedersen, was just standing there watching. I think Pedersen was tying a yeah. shoe. If I remember yeah, right, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Roberts just stood and watched, and yeah, yeah. 
and yeah. we we never always really saw that out of uh Jan Stenerson, so I guess there's that. We didn't um but then I suppose we are we are praising a bloke for not stopping and tying his shoe up whilst <laughs> being attacked. Um which is a low bar, but that's the bar we've got at Blues at the moment. So yeah, chances are he, he might win player of the season just by not being a complete moron. Um you will notice that this is probably of the three podcasts we've done, the most negative I've been. But hey, it's fun. I mean, I'm pretty sure last uh, last time we talked as well, it was like, well, you guys just went, was it like 10 unbeaten? You managed to mm. stay up. I mean, the first part we did together, it was it was like, can Blue stay up? And you're like, no, but it's going to be fun. And then <laughs> it's going to sign Boyer. And then they rattled off, you know, however many wins in a row to stay up somehow because that's what Blues do. And then – at the beginning of last year, I was like, you know, maybe not pushing for playoffs, but it seems like this is a pretty solid team that they they built around. And then you're kind of like, ah, hedge, hedge it a little bit. You know, this is Blues. And then somehow you guys go out, beat Luton on like 13 nil aggregate and then lose everybody else. <laughs> yeah. If we could just play Luton over and over again this season, we will have no worries. Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, yeah. I, it's funny you mentioned that the first one where I, I basically said we're going down, but it'll be fun. Now we're going down and it's not fun anymore. <laughs> Honestly, and I know that's depressing. The fun is gone. Um, I am so lethargic when it comes to blues at the moment. We are in our, what, fifth, we've just come off our fourth relegation battle, I think, in five years, something daft like that. Um, and we stayed at this season because Derby and Reading got deducted points, essentially. Um, who knows if we'd have played slightly different had that not happened. That's a fair argument you can make. Um, but we were crap last season. We were crap the season before. We'll be crap this season. Um, I just I don't know where we go from here. We may stay up. We may go down. But Deion Sanderson coming back is good. If we can get Sarcic back from Wolves, that would be good. If by some absolute miracle we can, I don't know, maybe kidnap Tahith Chong and bring him back, that would be awesome. Um but I don't see. I actually went to the player awards and I spoke to, to to Heath Chong at the end of the season. I said, don't come back, mate. I said, we'll ruin your career. Do not come back here. This is the death of careers. Don't come back to Birmingham City. Um, and I, I'm the sort of person that you listen to. So I believe you'll listen to me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know where we go. We've got, a, we've got, what, three weeks before the season starts. We've really got to make some signings quick, particularly on the left-hand side of that pitch. Um, we beat Warsaw today in a, in a behind closed door friendly. So, I mean, we can beat teams two leagues lower than us one nil. So, you know, that's something, I guess. I mean, that's great for the EFL Cup. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> exactly. That's where we're essentially you just put us in the semi final now, really. <laughs> Never know what kind of hand you're going to get dealt. I mean, listen, we can all assume that, that Pep and City are going to go to their 100th straight. Uh, cup final efl cup final because they <laughs> win that and nothing else mm. and then well i guess the prem but that's I mean, fake it's not even real that's league. easy yeah can do that. i mean come on if jurgen klopp can do it come on come well on. exactly <laughs> exactly i can't stand I, that bloke can you really not <laughs> no can't stand him absolutely cannot stand him he's an excuse merchant i can't stand liverpool football club i can't stand the fans of liverpool football club um genuinely near on par with Villa can't stand them absolutely cannot stand them literally it's Villa Memphis Liverpool <laughs> gained a lot of friends mate um <laughs> I know yeah 
Listen, it's funny because the Liverpool thing seems to be kind of universal. I think that's like everybody except for Liverpool fans are just like, yeah, Liverpool are like low of the low. <laughs> yeah, they are. They um they are excuse merchants. They are uh, professional um, whingers. Um, they think the whole world's out to get them. They think the whole world hates them. They might be right on that on that one. Um, That's not thought. Yeah. yeah, I I can't stand them. They're they're professional victims. Every, every the whole world's against them. And I think Klopp once complained that the grass was too long when he lost the game. He once complained that the wind was too strong in a game. Like, come on, mate. He's ridiculous. He's moaned and moaned and moaned. I'll get on a high horse now. He's moaned and moaned and moaned about having five subs. So next season in the Premier League, they're going to have five subs, which is great for Liverpool. We've got 38 players. It's not so good for, I don't know, who's just come up? Uh, who has just come uh, up? Bournemouth. Nottingham. Nottingham Forest. Where are they <laughs> going to get these fives? If you're sitting there and on you, on the bench, you've got all these world-class superstars that have just come out of the World Cup ready to go, and they're not going to use those five subs against Man City because typically they only actually make one or two against the big teams. They'll use those five subs for Nottingham Forest, who are sitting with 11 men at the back trying to grind out 90 minutes. Oh, Riley's bring on five world-class superstars, and he's done that. He's bitched and moaned and moaned and moaned and moaned for years to get his own way, to get five subs, just to make the gap between those that have and those that have not even bigger. Fuck Jurgen Klopp. See, the thing is, though, and I, the one thing I partially agree with Klopp on with that, though, is that most of the teams that are going to get relegated are going to get relegated anyway. The five subs don't make that much of a difference. Possibly, but there was a game about four or five seasons ago now. It was Liverpool against, I believe it was Crystal Palace, and it was a brilliant game. And I'm sure Crystal Palace won 3-2. Had oh. Liverpool had five subs they could bring on, fresh legs of fresh superstars, that wouldn't have happened. You won't uh, see that was uh, that was the uh, Chris Chris Dambool, right? They where uh, Liverpool could have won the league, but Palace yeah. uh, went back, uh, scored three in the last uh, ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you you won't get games like that with this five subs, in in my opinion. Um, it, there's something uh, strangely negatively beautiful about parking the bus and sticking. 10 men behind the ball and then running away and getting a breakaway goal. It's, it's the shit housing we all live for in England. Mate, just tell me that you want Mourinho to be, be your head coach. <laughs> <laughs> My Lord and savior. Mourinho. <laughs> Speaking of your new manager, right? I mean, <clears throat> what is it? Uh, what's his name? Is uh Eustace, John Eustace, John Eustace. Yeah. He was, a uh, was he a coach at QPR? He was their assistant coach, I believe, and also I think the assistant coach of Ireland. I can't okay. remember if it was Northern Ireland or Ireland, but one of the islands. Because I remember, I remember his playing career just a little bit when he was at like, because he was at like Coventry for a minute, and then he was. I remember him at Watford and Derby for sure, but I don't mm. remember where else he was in the meantime. He was at Stoke for a bit. Um, but mainly that's how they say Stoke in Stoke. Uh, it was mainly at Watford. They say Stoke. They they've got really long, drawn out, irritating, boring accents. Um, Bizarre. That's how they. That's how they pronounce O's as U's. I mean, I guess I can't talk. I mean, I've I've listened to myself with my own accent for years now. It doesn't. But. Taylor, you have a beautiful accent. You can serenade me any time of day or night. Listen, I just know good and well that whenever we do these episodes together, I and I get DMs that are like, "What a what an accent clash this is! What a bizarre!" (laughs) Yeah, can you tell that Ginger wants to slow down? 
Yeah, I get it. So you get the new manager. Mm. Is he's not a guy? He's never been around Birmingham City before, right? He was in our youth setup, I believe. We then got rid of him, and he went to Villa. I think he's actually a Villa fan, uh, as it goes. Um, Craig, him and Craig Gardner, Gardner have a lot in common. <laughs> he's actually born in the same place as me. I am on his Wikipedia now because uh. I'm far from his biographer. Uh, he's born in Solihull, <laughs> which is where I was born. So there you go. Um, yeah, he was with us, I, I believe. Although it doesn't say it here, I'm sure he was for a very, very short amount of time. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that, but yeah, he, he's a Villa fan. He was a, a mascot for the Villa when he was younger. Um, so when we lose ten games on the bounce, that is definitely going to get brought up, and that will be the reason. And everyone's going to throw that back in his face because that's how childish we are. Even though it's it's daft to suggest that that will have any bearing on how he acts as a manager. I mean, like I said, I mean, him and Craig get along perfectly, guys that were with Villa and then just decide to come over and... I will not have a bad word said against the Gardeners, so you watch your step, Mr Hodges, because Craig Gardner is a god, essentially. I'll tell you what, Craig Gardner has done more for this club recently than anyone else, um, and I'll die on that hill gladly. You said that in your uh, your latest, I think... uh, State or call with the mayor, whatever. This yeah, meeting with the mayor. Meeting with the mayor, with the one with Pew. Mm. And I will say, some of the hardest I've ever laughed at any podcast was about a year and a half ago when you, uh, Jack, and Pew were talking about Craig Gardner learning to spell his name with crayons. <laughs> I, that one, I, I was driving down the road and I, that one just got me. That one, a guy that I know nothing about just having to learn <laughs> how to spell his name with crayons, even though he's 45 years old, got me. That cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, our podcast is is odd, I'll be honest. But yeah, um, you would not look at Craig Garner and think international businessman, uh, wheeler dealer. But apparently he is. Who knew? Um, but he he's responsible for all our best players last season. He's responsible for this supposed takeover that's happening. He's If this takeover does happen, there's a chance he's out of a job. He's done more to try and push this club forward than anyone else, in my opinion. Um, but people like to have pops at him because he's Craig Gardner. And it's kind of in, in England, uh, what we like to do is build people up, then destroy them as quickly as possible. Um, that is how we treat our celebrities. And, and and you do to an extent over there. But we you you kind of you get to a point where enough people know you that it's time to ruin your life as best yeah. as possible uh, and that's how fandom works in england we, we if you're too good at something we'll find a reason to have a go at you i mean yeah i mean it's kind of like uh this it's kind of a bizarre one right because he seems like a pretty universal well-liked guy but like absolutely I mean, another another uh, i mean craig Gardner, but also like going to liverpool right i mean uh sala seems like a great guy Right. Seems like a, I, mean, I don't hear anything about him, which tells you that he's probably doing something right because everything mm. over there gets put on blast. I mean, if you're a footballer in England, I mean, everything you're doing is documented. You mm. never really hear anything about him. And then yet everybody's still taking pops at him. I mean, granted, just because, you know, from what I understand, you know, Sky, Sky Sports just loves Liverpool and they will slag him off for any reason 
just like let's like look at this guy like it, what was the year he won the Pukas award for just a simple mm. dribble inside the box mm. <laughs> yeah mm. exactly and that's just another reason we all hate Liverpool yeah there you go speaking on behalf of the whole of the UK that isn't <laughs> Liverpool or Wales because Wales love Liverpool for some reason I mean don't they have like no I guess they don't have anybody in the prime do they Wales have, have they've obviously got Coventry and Swansea there they're two uh teams in the in the English leagues but Wales is it particularly North Wales it's not much of a drive to get to Liverpool mm. um for, for some reason a lot of Welsh support Liverpool I, I've actually asked the Welsh this not like as a whole I didn't get them all in a room um <laughs> it'd probably be a field in Wales um but I, I have asked Welsh people and, and they don't really have an answer other than we just like Liverpool so uh, I mean that's kind of half of the US too I mean uh, granted the U.S. is kind of hard, right? Because you kind of have guys. It's like, well, I just started watching footy, and all they show on uh, NBC or whatever thing. It's like exactly. well, it's always Man U, Chelsea, Liverpool. Yeah, like all right, you get you can the, only sport who's on. Yeah, and occasionally you'll get the you'll get somebody wearing a Tottenham shirt, and it's like, why? It's like, well, they're always on the game. It's like, didn't they normally lose those games? Yeah, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's the same, the same with us. Um, like my I suppose American teams would be Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, because when LeBron was there, they were always on TV. They were yeah. the easiest to watch. Uh, when I used to watch baseball as a kid, it was the Cardinals again because they were always on. We get the games very sparing, like sparingly over here. They used to be on Channel Five at like one AM, and it was always the Cards. Uh, and then NFL is a bit easier because they show pretty much every team over here. Yeah, I mean, I, I just glory hunt with them and chose the Bucks because Brady's there, and I want to watch a team that actually wins instead of Burger City. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I mean, it's kind of funny with the NFL, right? And I've had this theory for a while because people keep complaining about with the NFL. They always go to London and they always mm. send their worst teams over there, right? I have I have a theory that's basically they send the worst teams over to the NFL, not because they're fans, like they don't have as good enough fans. I think it's because what do bad football teams do a lot? They don't score touchdowns. They mm. punt the ball. And they kick mm-hmm. field goals. Yeah. What is the favorite sport in England? Mate, I Google. mean, there you go. Yeah, I mean, anytime that you can have thousands of people there to watch a person just stand back there and all he does is get paid to kick the ball six times. I mean, come on, that's going to be a fan favorite. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one theory. I'm not, I'm not too sure. The NFL would agree with that, but they that that's a theory. Uh, I, I think the NFL is so um, in such a boom over here at the moment. They could literally send anyone, like the local college team, and we'd sell it out. It sells out every time when it comes over. Um, so I think that's why they don't send us the big boys because we're gonna we're gonna buy the tickets anyway, no matter who comes. I mean that's I mean that's another good reason, but I just like the idea that a you know a bunch of you know drunk uh, drunk Englishmen just go like, up there and they're like ah oh, this bloke gets signed to just kick a ball and leaves that's it. Yeah, if if then if we don't see someone kick a ball, we just don't understand what's going on. It just <laughs> completely throws us. But then when we see some fat bloke just kind of waddle over, make one tackle, don't understand that. I mean, but the bloke on. kicking the ball, we're on. We got that. That's, that's our why, world. That's why cricket hasn't blown up yet, right? <laughs> Well, that's the thing, mate. That's the thing. Start kicking that ball. You probably break your foot, but at least we'd understand it. So I do, I mean, let's get back just a little bit to uh, Eustace, right? Uh, with 
a new manager are you what's what's kind of what can you expect out of this i mean what was what was the point of getting him over boyer unless boyer Uh, just wanted out so boyer i I don't know if you saw it or are aware of it at the end or half time in the blackpool game we played blackpool away we lost 6-1 i forget how long ago that was now it's probably about 10 12 weeks ago yeah. Uh, Boya went into half for the, the change rooms at half time for about 90 seconds and then came back out and just sat in the dugout for the whole of half time. So what, what 13 and a half minutes that were left, just sat there with his head in his, in his lap. At that point, we all knew Boya's done it, but he had a clause in his contract that if you sack him too early, we had to pay things like 750 grand, which is massive to us. So they've left him hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. There is a rumour that that clause has now dropped, which is why we sacked him now. Um, I'm not sure if that's true. You need to speak to someone much more intelligent than me to find out if that's true or not. Um, But what we've waited, what, three weeks until the season starts, then we've signed or signed up John Eustace, who hasn't managed a team, I don't believe, before, other than being assistant manager. Um, I wish him all the best and all the will in the world. Um, who knows, he might be a magician. Um, He's going to need to be. It's, it's so bizarre, at least in my mind, of the fact that Bowyer gets sacked. Mm. And then, what, two days later, his replacements are assigned, which means that they were in conversations, right? prior is there nothing over there that's like you can't talk to a coach while you already have one on the lma the league managers association i believe that stands for may get involved but it you, no it doesn't matter you'll find most clubs appoint a new manager pretty soon i think when we sacked rowit we had zola the next day um these these things happen with, with players you can't you can't approach a player who's under contract. Um, it's called tapping up, which is a very English saying for something. Um, you can't do that um, because you'll get fined unless you're like Man City and just say, I'll pay the fine, then who cares? <laughs> Here's a barrel of oil, have this. Um, but I don't. I think with managers and coaches, as long as you pay the, you can buy out their contracts. We, I don't know if it was out of contract at QPR. If not, we'd have bought it out. It was probably out of contract because I, I doubt we could afford to buy it out. Uh, and then as long as Bowyer gets his payout, it doesn't really matter. It's easy to change a manager. It's not easy to change the players, which is why managers get sacked all the time and players keep getting second, third, fourth chances. I mean, the easiest one you can you know take a pop shot at. I mean, even I picked up on this one. I mean, Harley Dean, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Dude, dude goes off and do, does nothing, gets, mm. uh, gets cranker fired. And then shrugs, and suddenly he's player of the year. I mean, yeah, yeah. He turned up for a few games at the end of the season. The morons that vote on these things decided to vote him as player of the season, which is ridiculous. Um, he upset Boya, so he buggered off. He's now back. He'll probably play, I would guess, until he upsets Eustace and stops playing for him. Then we'll try and get rid of him again. But he's got he's on a a large wage that ideally we want to get off the books. But today we sent. Sunich, um, yeah, sunich has gone out on loan. They're probably paying the majority, hopefully all of his wages, but I don't know. Um, as I say, Pedersen's gone and there are potentially others that will be going. Bella, we didn't renew his contract, even though he's probably one of the best players we had. 
it's all a mess, mate. It's all a mess. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't know what all this means, but every time, because I've played uh, as Birmingham City on Football Manager, yeah, and let me tell you, Bella has gotten me to the prim every single time. Every time, <laughs> he's one of the he's one of the best players in our squad on Football Manager. Yeah, I mean, um, but Boya decided to play him at left back. Um, try that on Football Manager and see how far you get with that. I'm guessing not very far. <laughs> That's why Boya is no longer with us. <sighs> Didn't I mean this has been hashed out so many times, and I don't know what to do with it. But if you're a coach, and this is not just as a coach, right? I was getting on one of Legion Strikers, uh, Juan Agudelo, which I don't know if you know that name, but I know the name, yeah. yeah. He's the youngest goal scorer in U.S. men's national team history. He was like Mm. 17 when he bagged his first goal, and Mm. he plays for us now. And he came in and in one of his first pressers said. I'm just going to start shooting whenever I was playing. I was trying to be more of a playmaker, trying to distribute the ball. You know, I'm a little bit older. I'm just going to, let's just shoot the ball. And then over the next span of the next five matches, not on goal, not goals, but he totaled two shots in five games. No way. And so when you're playing your number nine to do that, mm. and I mean, it's the same thing with Boyer, right? Where he says, it's not hard, just, you know, kick the ball up, give it, uh, let Juke get his head on it. We score goals. And then yeah. suddenly he starts the next season and he starts tinkering and overthinking it. It's like you mm-hmm. had the answer. Just shoot. Just shoot the ball one. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, Lee, just cross the ball into Juke and make let him make magic happen. The worst mm-hmm. that happens is you lose six one to Blackpool. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's – um. and what was so annoying about that is – he was so arrogant when he said that. So that was his, was it his first game he came in, I think, which was the Karanka Shrug Harley Dean thing. And it was on live on Sky Sports and he did the interview after and he said, basically said, it's not rocket science, Cranker's a moron, all you got to do is cross the ball in and then never did it again. You think, if you're going to come and be that arrogant, at least back up what you're saying. But he, he never did. And we kind of gave him leeway and I personally gave him a bit of leeway because I know he listened to my podcast and I thought, I don't want to slag him off too much, but wish I had done that because, you know, YOLO, I suppose. Um, But towards the end of it, we were just like, you told us he's not rocket science. So just go and do that. We got one of the tallest blokes on the pitch. Just keep crossing the board in, let him head the ball. I don't know. It was mind blowing at times watching Bowyer ball. Um, His absolute insistence on playing Three five two five three two, whatever you want to call it, even though the whole world like could see it's not working. Stevie Wonder was shouting at his TV screen, even he could see it. Um, it was just frustrating. I and it really can. I mean, so I'm just wondering. So Scott Hogan's still there. Mm. Juke is he still there? Yeah. So are these their last years on the contracts? I think I've got a feeling Juke. Um, extended his I think he's got two more years left could Scott Scott Hogan I'm not sure about but I've got a feeling he's on big wages and we could do with moving him on especially since we've got Troy Deeney as well it's see this what I kind of think about oftentimes because you know I've had the ability to talk to to Legion players and Mm. you know kind of understand more of locker room uh, chemistry right you have a Harley Dean who's been mm-hmm. club captain forever at this mm-hmm. point, you know, mm-hmm. what against all blue blues fans uh, crying for, please stop, please stop with Harley Dean. 
and fire him into the sun. D- whatever you can. I I hear he has a wonderful dog business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I you have everything that we've heard come out of this, you know, kind of off season for you guys and now into training camp is that Deanie is going to be captain, club captain. Mm. How in the world do you strip that from Harley Dune, who's been known to run amok in the locker room anyway? This just seems like, you know, if you're, if you're used to this coming in, you're dealing with a, a dumpster fire in the locker room before you even have a chance to put it out. Yeah. Um, that will be his decision to make as soon as possible. I actually haven't seen any photos of Harley Dean uh, in the training pictures, although admittedly I haven't looked at many of them because I just can't deal with that. I don't have the headspace for it at the moment. Um, he will have to decide very soon. Do I want Harley Dean here or not? Um, do I want him in and around the, the squad? We had um, before the whole Legion blues love affair, we had a goalkeeper, David Stockdale, um, who I th- I've got a feeling he may have captained the game or two, but he came from Brighton. They got promoted and, and he stayed in the league with us. Um, I can't remember. I, perhaps he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Um, but he was kind of a, a, a loud voice in, in the locker room. And he wasn't, he wasn't rubbish. He wasn't brilliant, but he wasn't rubbish. But Gary Monk bombed him out of the squad because of attitude and, and, and things like that. And I suppose it's up for the manager to decide what's more important playing ability or um attitude and I mean, for me attitude is more important it's one of those things of if you're going to lose you might as well have a you might as well have a club captain that gives it all right yeah exactly yeah yeah and uh, assuming he stays fit Troy Deeney will do that you would like to think being a blues fan himself um he had a a, a couple of pops at the crowd last season but i think that was frustration boiling over more than anything um he's actually one of the nicest most professional blokes i've ever met um unlike harley dean who is a dick i mean you could probably you know gander that without ever meeting guy to be honest correct (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's very bizarre with with kind of what's going on there i mean now it's uh keepers are wanting out and you know they want bigger contracts or they want to send their contract, but blues can't afford it. Um, mm. So that's Etheridge, right? Etheridge wants out. I don't think he necessarily wants out, but there's, I believe a, um, a playing bonus in his contract. So if he plays X amount more games, not many, he's he either gets a big bonus or his wages go up either way. We can't afford either of those things. Does. And this is kind of just going back to, again, the little, just a little bit I know about blues, right? Hmm. I mean, you're able to sell a guy at Etheridge who's pretty freaking good. I mean, you, hmm. I think just about anybody in the championship would sign him up right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a guy who played for blues who's currently out of contract, not doing anything besides running his Fozcast. I mean. Hmm. <laughs> and his mates with Troy Dini. And his mates with Troy Dini. I mean. Yeah. Does this not feel like somebody would sign him for a swan song if you can if you can get Etheridge out? It all comes down to wages at the end of the day. Um, we because we don't know who is going to own us in six months' time, six years' time. Who knows? Um, we don't know who's putting money in the board. Assuming they are willing to sell the club, they're not going to throw money at it just to throw it down the drain unless they can broker some sort of deal whereby the person buying the club also subsidizes that. 
Um, but this is all conversations behind closed doors and who knows, but we, I mean, the signing, we did actually sign a kid. Um, ah, he could be the one who, who was in our youth academy, actually, that went to Villa and came back. Who, yeah, there was. I forget his name because he's a kid, um, but they sort of announced him as if he's going to be playing in the senior squad, which could be interesting because I think he's about 14. Um, I know nothing about him. I couldn't even tell you his name, but like that was our first signing of the window, and it's a child. And then yeah. our second sign in the window is a loney who we're getting back from last season. It's not, we're not shaking the earth. And then you look at Derby, who unfortunately probably won't die, and they're signing Hurahan, who is a DVB, but he, for a, a League One player, a League One club to get Hurahan now, they've they've retained Curtis Davis, who's obviously ex Blues. Um, they're making moves, and we're going nowhere. But they just, I mean, they just officially got their, uh, got their takeover anyway. I mean, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It's very bizarre to watch from afar, but I guess we've been kind of dancing around the takeover, right? So let me, let me see what I understand. (laughs) Go on. Good luck. So the, you have uh, Birmingham city sports holdings. Yeah. BSHL. Yeah. Yeah. So there just been bad news there. The guy, Mr. King doesn't even exist. Not a real guy. He is a real guy, but that's not his name. Mm. And then he's wanted everywhere. Um, mm. And then the stadium's under his wife's name, which really everything else is under his wife's name because he's wanted everywhere. Um, mm. And so this all gets released and people, then everything starts speeding up and then, to get him out and but in order to get him out you got to get all of birmingham city sports holdings out as well and now you've had like four buyers which all of them have either not had the money have to loan the money or it's in like just a proper wacko in a nutshell yeah kind of yeah so Birmingham Sports Holdings Limited, BSHL, they own various things. The main thing they own is Birmingham City Football Club. They are people um, kind of make people think that BSHL have to be sold. They don't. They just need to sell Birmingham City out of their portfolio. Um, <clears throat> Birmingham City Football Club is owned by them but it's also split into a million and one different parts so the stadium is owned I believe by a woman called Kang Ming Ming uh, who could that could be Dragon Villa um, or it could be no Oriental Rainbow own the ground I believe Dragon Villa own other parts of Blues that basically they've just taken Blues and just ripped it all into pieces and just handed them out like cake at a kid's birthday party so various people own the club but whether these people exist or whether they're pseudonyms for the same three or four people at the top of the tree, who knows? The guy who is, I have to say, allegedly at the top of the tree is a guy called Wang Wei, which is a, probably a terrible pronunciation, but hey, at least I tried. Um, he is the he is allegedly Vong Peck's uncle, I believe. Uh, and Vong Peck is the one I think who owns Dragon Villa, who own the it's something like twenty something percent of Birmingham City, and it's Vong Peck who is supposedly selling his shares, which would supposedly 
make whoever buys those shares the main stakeholder in Birmingham City, which it will, because that they would whoever buys Vongpec's shares would get the 20, I think it's 22%, 21 point something percent of Birmingham City, which would make them the majority shareholder, the, the single majority shareholder. However, the rest of it is still owned by these various other companies who are all overseen allegedly by Mr. King. So although, yes, you might have your nice 21%, and yes, that technically gives you the power, you're still fighting against all these people who are working together potentially against you. Um, so, okay, I want to stop you right there just for a second. The concept, the concept of somebody owning 21% of a football club is the majority is mind-blowing. Mm. Not not that it won't be the majority, but that'll be the majority single. The, right. They'll be the majority share. Yeah. That's still mind Mental. blowing that there is what math real quick, 30 or 79% mm. of the club that is still owned by someone else. Mm. Uh, other entities. I mean, is there any idea of just how fractured it is? I mean, could it is the is. 79 split between three people or 30 um the the guy you need to to see for that is dan ivory so if you go on almagir.net he's actually got the breakdown which a decent podcast guest would have looked up before knowing that you would ask this question but you got stuck with me unfortunately uh, he's actually got the percentage breakdown on his website it's it's easy enough to find if anyone wants to look out there but it, it it's generally split across, I think it's about four different companies. you got Oriental Rainbow, Dragon Villa, BSHL, and I'm sure there's another one, but I forget the name of it. Um, yeah, I forget the name of it. Um, it's not impossible to put these pieces back together, and whoever buys the club has got to work out how they do that. But the question is, do the owners even want to sell the club, or are they just trying to raise funds? So Von Peck, who's the one supposedly selling his 21% is also in a hell of a lot of debt and he owes some some very dodgy people a lot of money. Well, the quickest way to raise that money is to sell your 21% of Birmingham City. Um, Like make out that you're trying to sell the club when in reality you're not, you're just trying to raise funds quick. And then he can magically disappear from Dragon Villa and appear in Oriental Rainbow, for example. It's a mess. I, I don't doubt for a second that I've messed all these company names up, but the gist of what I'm saying is right. <laughs> and you can find the, the, the real stuff on almagir.net, but that, that's basically how it, the, the um, long and short of it is we are owned by a handful of people who are nefarious characters behind closed doors that are impossible to get a hold of unless you're willing to buy a plane ticket to Cambodia like Dan Ivory did. I mean, it's that's just kind of I mean it really is crazy to think about and I, I know I when I listened to your last meeting with the mayor it mm-hmm. all the owners of Birmingham City are listed on the website right mm-hmm. so that's that's all there so people can keep up with you know what's going on what isn't has a takeover happened has it not right mm-hmm. And I know the question that always gets brought up it you've done six of those episodes now, and every single one of them has has included the question of some capacity why hasn't the e f l stepped in right yeah. for somebody who has not listened to all six of those episodes why have if why why haven't they right so firstly, it's important to to sort of note that those six episodes 
I think each episode is about between an hour and 45 and two hours each. So yes. we're talking <laughs> 11 to 12 hours worth of content there. Yes. Um, which I will now try and break down into 11 to 12 seconds. Um, obviously it's a lot more in depth on those, but so why haven't the AFL stepped in? Um, because they were told by Birmingham City that this Mr. King doesn't exist. And that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> that, that, that is it. They were told he doesn't exist. What else can they do? And in their defense, what else can they do? I mean, if you if you don't know about it, how can you investigate it? And I suppose you could make the argument that that Dan Ivory and other people have have ranted and raved about this bloke. But as much as I love Dan to bits, and I do love him to bits, he is a bloke on the internet. So are the yep. EFL going to listen to every bloke on the internet, or are they trying to get on with their day jobs of making sure that Derby County die? <laughs> Unfortunately, they, that failed. It, well, for now, I mean, for now, <laughs> I'm trying to think because there was. When it comes to just the FL, I was getting really excited because there was the chance for a minute that Sunderland were going to be promoted and then Newcastle were going to be relegated. And I was going mm. to be really excited to see them meet in the championship. That was just going to be just pure entertainment. Yeah. But I mean, Darby. Flopped. Yeah. I mean, that Newcastle sold their soul to um, more nefarious characters with very questionable human rights uh, histories. And this is something that you've mentioned before. Um, it, it's really, it's not about owning a football club. It's owning a business, right? Knowing how to absolutely, run a business. Yeah, absolutely. So what you'll see, I don't ever recommend it. So don't do it. But Blue's Facebook is very anti-Chinese ownership, which is ridiculous. It's got nothing to do with the fact that our owners are Chinese. They're just shit owners. It's, we've had, we had uh, people called the Kumars, um, they went into administration and, and absolutely destroyed the club. They were English. Um, it's nothing to do with nationality at all. Um, well, what was the guff? You know what? I forgot the question. What was your question? I mean, <laughs> it was really just, it was just kind of making the comment about like, it's all about just owning a business, running a business. Yes, that's it. Sorry. Yes, it was. Yes. Um, so people, that's what I was getting to. There was a point I was slowly meandering towards it in a very English <laughs> way. Um, yes. So people now are saying we want blues fans to run the club. Way. Well, I'm a blues fan. You don't want me running the club at all. Don't do that. That's a disaster. I don't want a blues fan running the club necessarily, unless he's an international superstar businessman. I want someone who knows how to run a business. I actually don't care if whoever owns that club even likes football. They can hate football for all I care, as long as they know how to run a football club. Because as you say, football clubs are businesses now. Um, And they have been for a very long time, just behind closed doors. Um, But you will not compete with a owner, an owner who has a good heart. You will compete with with an owner with a good bank balance and a good business brain. And that's what we need. I don't care if he's Chinese, Dutch, English, Martian, couldn't care less. It's so, I guess, just bizarre to think that you don't, maybe don't necessarily need someone who's an owner, but who knows football, right? But then you also, I mean, I'm going to bring it to an American tie, right? So uh, FC Cincinnati, they mm-hmm. have been around since 2016. I should know. I was at their inaugural game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was 2016. And their general manager, what you guys would call like the director of football, your Craig Gardner. Yeah. You know, he's in charge of signing players. That's all he has to do. 
mean, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of business, like you deal with a little bit of sponsorship, you deal with whatever, but general manager, generally he's manages everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But your director of football is kind of lumped into that general manager role. Mm-hmm. They're the guy that they had um, back when they were in the USL in the second division uh, birdings. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he basically, his plan was in the second division, let's just buy all the best players. So nobody else has the best players. It's that simple. And then you get into the top flight and you have a businessman making football decisions where, Mm. well, let's just sign the guys that seem like they're the best. Let's just go over to England. Let's just, let's go over to Europe. Let's sign the best players, regardless they played in the league, regardless if they've, you know, whatever, we're just going to, we're going to pay the most money and we're going to try to win. And then they go on to be the, the worst team in the league three years Mm. in a row because you had a guy who's a businessman making football decisions. Hmm. That's the same guy who got them a brand new stadium and got them <laughs> into the top flight to begin with. Hmm. That's a guy you want on your ownership, right? Not the guy, you know, signing football team. Just like you said, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't want Craig Gardner up there <laughs> making financial decisions, but no. he's done a, a cracking job at signing players for cheap too. Hmm. Yeah. With, um, contracts written in crayon. Um, no, I, <laughs> you, you mentioned football manager earlier. The reason it's called football manager is back in the good old days, the football manager made the signings. Uh, the football manager decided all this stuff. They they did the contracts. There was, we used to have a manager called Barry Fry and he is a legend. He's a, a short, fat Cockney geezer and he's, he's brilliant. He's the director of football at Peterborough now. I think he's really chairman, one of those. He was our manager and he was, it was so much fun to watch. Like there was a rumor that Birmingham City was cursed, so he went and had a, a a wee in all corners of the pitch to try and lift this curse one one night. Um, it was just it was insane, but it was it was our clown. He was brilliant. Anyway, there's a video on YouTube which is easy enough to find of him negotiating uh, a contract deal with a player, and it's the funniest thing. But that's how football was back then. He sat in his office negotiating this contract basically telling him to f off basically telling him he's not that good he's not having that much money i'll give you this much take it or leave it blah blah, blah. the end of that of the conversation he's shaking his hand telling him he's a legend and it, that that's what football managers used to do in this country now because we have to overcomplicate things we have to bring in these directors of football which is what essentially craig garner is in, in your version of a general manager which is probably something that we we stole off the americans anyway it was never needed but we've now decided it is but they they are they are your football brain your football brain is your John Eustace, hopefully, um, and your Craig Gardner. And then your business brain is your Ian Dutton and whoever is running the club. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have a business brain running this club. We have, um, I'm not going to say it because I'll get into legal trouble. We have people with their own interests at heart rather than our interests at heart running the club. And and that's the problem. And as I say, if they like football or not, I don't care as long as you know how to run a football club. Um, and that's what, what we need. So there is um, Maxi Lopez, ex Argentinian international um, and uh, Paul Richardson, who is, you probably don't know the brand a brand called uh, Jim shark, mm. um, which is it's, it's Jim clothing. It's nah. It is what it is. As a, a short, fat bloke, I don't go to the gym often, so it's, it's not. I'm not their target market. Um, but he made his money there, um, and they're looking to buy the club. And Paul Richardson, crucially, is a Blues fan, so we must get him in because he's a Blues fan. That means nothing to me. I don't care if you're a Blues fan or not. I just want an owner who knows what they're doing. Why or how he came to be linked with Maxi Lopez 
is beyond me. I, that's the, the like, strangest partnership. Um, but they've been blowing smoke up the arse of the fan base for months now, saying they're going to buy the club. And like apparently they didn't even have a reply to their offer. So I'm guessing the offer wasn't very good. The only guy who has had a reply, supposedly, is Lawrence Bassini. Who is I've heard only glowing reviews of. Oh, yes. What a man. <laughs> what a small, small, tiny button mushroom of a man. If people um, are listening, if you're over the age of 18, there's a really fun video of him out there. <laughs> don't search for it. For your own sake, don't search for it. Uh, he was banned from owning a football club for a while because of what he did at Watford. Uh, not paying players and siphoning money out to himself and bits and bobs. Uh, I have to say, allegedly, again, even though the AFL deemed it to be true. Um, he's not a person you want near a football club. He did, hey, we've got a radio station over here. Um, it's called Talk Sport. should be called Talk Football because they don't talk about any other sport. Um, they interviewed him. A guy called Simon Jordan was on there who used to be the chairman of Crystal Palace uh, and he hates Lawrence Bassini anyway and he tore him to pieces. Anyway, in this interview, Lawrence Bassini let slip that David Sullivan would be backing, like financially backing his bid. David Sullivan is, it, is the is current a chairman. A former former owner of Birmingham City, current owner of West Ham United. Uh, so you can't do that. You can't. That's a conflict of interest. You can't have money in two different clubs. So Lawrence Bassini, in his first ever interview, talking about buying Birmingham City, tanked his own deal within three minutes. That is the kind of guy who wants to buy our club. So, okay. Quite update. Or... Lot to unpack. Sorry, I talked a lot. I'll shut no. up now. No, I mean, it's it's just so. Can you not own two clubs within the football league or is it all of England? I believe all of England. So Red Bull, for example, get away with it because they've got New York, Leipzig. Um, have they got one in Australia or have I made that? Yeah. Uh, no, Man City has one in Australia. Man, that's it. Man City have got um, Melbourne and Man City and New York City. Is that right? I believe. Yeah. Technically, technically, Red Bulls have three clubs in America, all within the New York. So they have they have their um, they have the academy team. Um, then they have a two squad, and then mm. which plays in. Because you guys have your own individual, like, uh, second team, like, academy league. Yeah. Um, U.S. is just now getting to that. So, mm. But they haven't joined the academy league yet. So they're being forced over there next year. But technically, they have three clubs. Um, right. They're, okay. all, they're all under New York. Right. Okay. So, they're all, yeah, we, with us, um, you, you couldn't do that. So because if West Ham ever played Blues in a cup game, um, Blues would naturally lose anyway, but there's a conflict of interest there. Um, there is a chance that, I, I don't know, they, they could accuse them of, of match fixing and, and whatnot. So they would just never happen in the same country. Um, whether, whether you could probably do in the Scottish League, um, so Scott, one in Scotland, one in England, but certainly not in the same football pyramid. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. I just didn't know if that was just an EFL thing or if that's an FA thing. No, no, it's a, a an FA thing. So by by Lawrence Bassini going on the radio saying um, David Sullivan is giving me money for this deal, straight away the EFL will go, well, no, he's not, mate. Uh, that's the end of your deal. Um, there was also a rumour that David Sullivan's son, Jack Sullivan, is looking to buy a club. Uh, he was touted as possibly wanting to buy Blues, but again... <sighs> 
is that a conflict of interest? Probably not so much as um, David Sullivan himself putting the money in, but questions would probably be asked all the same. I mean, that's kind of uh, nepotism a little bit. It's like, where'd you get the money? My father. Oh, okay. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Just so bizarre. But hey, you know, it's not all, it's not all gloom and doom. Uh, oh, it I is. Have, no, you have sewn on <laughs> patches this year. You have sewn on badges on the kids. <laughs> there is that. The, 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 shirt that i won't be buying now as a sewn on badge so at least i know other people won't be washing their own badge off in the wash um but yes we and uh we moaned about it so much myself included that the whole kit reveal was a sewing machine sewing the badge on which was i would like to think that the club were thinking this is a massive middle finger to the fan base for moaning all season and i would hope sincerely hope that my name popped in their head when they were filming it because that'll just fuel my ego for the next six years Hey, a little update here. Uh, this is KORN Post. Uh, if you're listening to this, there's going to be a little bit of a gap that doesn't make sense. As I was going back and editing this, there was a part in the middle here that just corrupted for no reason. Uh, it's just got really loud and it sounded like screams of the damned. And I figured that it would be better for there to be a little bit of a gap and be a little bit confusing than for you to listen to that. So... You're probably going to hear some references to the conversation that was. I think it's a little bit funnier knowing what it was and you don't. And now out of context, it makes no sense. So I hope you enjoy. We're going to pick up right, uh, I guess, about 15 minutes after we left off. So I hope this doesn't run the episode too much for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And keep right on hammering uh, and hammer down. Keep hammering on. Whatever we do here, let's get back into it. Part of that is just the reason of just like how much it costs, right? To, I mean, they'll make more money just because tickets, the U.S. ticket costs so much. I mean, Legion, I feel like it's a, it's a steal for how much it costs. Mm. I don't know how much it is in euros. I'm going to guess it's or in pounds. I'm going to guess it's about like 10, 10 pound or whatever. That's a bargain. That's yeah. a bargain. It's a massive bargain to get in. Yeah. Uh, it's $7 here. But then okay, if yeah. I if I want to go watch another club, I I went and watched FC Cincinnati recently, and I thought I got the steal of a lifetime getting my ticket for $19. And that is cheap as well, though, to be fair. That is, that is. is good. That is it very is. good. But yeah, when you're, paying, when you're used to paying seven, it's, it's a bit different, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, tickets over here are not cheap, especially Premier League tickets. But I mean, even then you look at season tickets over there and they're a lot cheaper. They're a lot cheaper than they are here. I mean, I mean, this is also me comparing this to, you know, local, local college, Alabama, which we've talked about university of Alabama, Mm. Auburn university. I mean, those take those season tickets for nosebleed season tickets. People are on the wait list for decades before they can get their season ticket. And when they get it's thousands of dollars. No way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, and then compare, you know, footy to that. It's like, oh, that's cheap. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you pay, you pay similar for like your Arsenal's and I think Arsenal have got the most expensive season ticket in the country. I couldn't tell you what it is. But it's, in, it's in the thousands. Mate, they haven't. It's the London. Do you know people in London get paid more than the rest of the country? Is that something you're aware of in America? Um, No, but I figure I should, one of my friends is moving to London and, a month now so maybe i should tell him <laughs> yeah so um my job as a, a telecommunications engineer 
um, someone else on exactly the same job, exactly the same pay grade, etc., will get paid more in London. It's called the London Uplift. And that's because it costs so much to live in London. They have to pay them extra just to be able to eat. And that's partly why Arsenal is so expensive. It's the London Uplift. Meanwhile, I mean, you look at other every, every. It seems like every other London club do not have that kind of that kind of like massive pay rise. Though maybe maybe a West Ham a little bit, but I mean like mm-hmm. Palace and you know uh, Charlton and uh, was it uh, Watford? They don't seem to Watford, have that. Yeah. They don't seem to have that expensive of of tickets. They don't have the the fan base to to fill it um yeah. brentford have just built this new stadium and yes they might fill it at the moment in the premier looks league awful, they certainly won't the when they drop down say again looks awful the yeah it seats. does yeah it looks like <laughs> a giant's been sick on the seats like it's horrible <laughs> um i don't really like brentford um <laughs> but yeah same, same same with fulham um they sell out but if they had a bigger stadium they probably wouldn't uh arsenal will always sell out um Chelsea will always sell out and yeah Spurs just built that brand new stadium and can't quite sell it out I don't think I I forget that Spurs are in London I'll be honest with you I mean I know yeah. that's North London but like they just feel like they're their own weird part. as someone who's not from the area it does not feel like they watching them they should be a London club yeah if you look up like seventh place Premier League in the dictionary, there is a picture of Spurs. Like, I, yeah, between fifth and seventh, that is their place. That's the little hole they live in and they may never leave um, unless they want to ch- have a brief challenge for the top spot, which is rare. They did get to a Champions League final, didn't they? They got battered by Liverpool. Got massacred, um, yeah. Massacred, yeah. But that is, yeah, Spurs are meh. I always think with Spurs, like... It must be quite depressing. Obviously, speaking as Birmingham City fan, if yeah, we're probably worse. But imagine Sporting Spurs knowing you're probably never going to win anything. What's the I point? I mean, that's kind of how it feels to be everybody outside the top four, right? I mean, kind of, yeah, or, or bottom four, because at, at least we will fight relegation. But at least it'll be an interesting season, I suppose, and yeah. we'll have stuff to moan about, and I'll have stuff to write, like do podcasts about. But imagine being just like Southampton. How boring. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess it's about getting to see the big boys whenever they come to your stadium, right? That's what it is. That's why we want to get promoted, not to see us. We want to see the Man United and the Man Cities and, and all of them come. Like I mean I remember when we played Arsenal at our place in the Premier League and Thierry Henry got a standing ovation when he went off because he was absolutely sublime. And that's what you, you're doing. You you want your team to get promoted so that you can watch Premier League football. Unfortunately, you still have to watch blues at the same time. <laughs> I mean, the I mean, it's always funny whenever I know a lot of people were really mad when Zlatan was in MLS because mm. if you didn't play on a grass pitch, which not every team had access to, it's turf. Mm. In some places, he wouldn't play. He said, oh, "Really? Yeah." He was like, "If it's not grass, I'm not playing." And so, uh, Atlanta United, which is like two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours away from where I am right now. If a lot of people went and bought tickets, they sold out the stadium just for Zlatan mm. to be like, sorry that you play on turf. Not Never played. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The fact that you class three hours is not far away blows my mind. <laughs> it's for us. It's not. I mean, that's our- insane. I wouldn't go three hours for like a day out. 
I mean, our I just got back from Louisville, Kentucky, um, where I got a chance to go film some stuff. I, I had a wonderful time. Mm. Uh, that was that's the one of the first away days I've done because it's one of the closest ones to us, and it is six hours away. Oh my god! Yeah, what a waste of time. What are you doing with your life, Kayla? <laughs> I mean, Think of all the things you can achieve in those six hours. Mate, I will just be watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> so did you drive? Yeah. Six hours there, six hours back? Yeah. Did you have to take time off work? Uh, it was a Saturday, so no. Aren't you engaged? Yeah. What did your fiancé say? She was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, yeah. She was like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> did she have another man round while you were out? As far as I know, no, but I can't prove that. <laughs> My wife would have. If I say I'm disappearing for 12 hours, there'll be someone else's shoes by the porch when I get home. See, um, I mean, it's just different because, I mean, well, so she lives in Atlanta, which is, I just talked about, you know, two and a half, three hours away. But uh, she lives three hours away from you. Yeah. And <laughs> how often do you see her? Uh, well, I'm going over there tomorrow, actually. I see her probably Mm, two times a month on a good month we we're having this the dream i wish my wife would do that (laughs) uh i want to make sure she does not to hear that but (laughs) i'll call her down and tell her (laughs) but yeah you you engaged one three hours away yes americans are a different breed we we were well we were in we were engaged and she basically what happened she had massive internship issues her internship Mm. got canceled um and so she went, we were going to be about eight hours apart, but that was going to be for about six months, six months, and then get married, live together. It was, yeah. and then her internship gets canceled because of COVID. And mm. so she's back in Atlanta working while I am finishing up my degree. So it's like, it wasn't planned to be this way. It mm. was just kind of happenstance, but yeah. You just got I mean, lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, I said that either. Uh, but yeah, so tomorrow, um, because I was able to get off get off work for the next mm. week or so, um, I'm going to Atlanta tomorrow where Legion are playing in Atlanta. Um, for people who are listening to this, uh, I say tomorrow because I'm recording on Tuesday. You're listening on next Monday. So you know what happened in that game. I don't. That's fun. Um, Should we pretend? What do you think of the game, Kyla? Was it good? Or? I mean, it's absolutely awful. I mean, mm. our left back is out. Uh, our uh, defensive, uh, our center defensive mid out on suspension. Dadgummit Mikey for getting uh, a yellow, double yellows. Mike zone. I mean, come on, Mike. Uh, actually, he's one of the few guys that still puts uh, K- uh, KRO in all of his. Uh, in he's all always his been my favorite. Is yeah. it Mikey Lopez? Yeah. He's always been my favorite. Never sent me a free shirt, but you know we move. Well, um, he's always been my favorite. Well, he's uh, he's suspended for tomorrow's match. Um, he decided. <laughs> a lot of Legion fans said that he didn't do anything wrong. He definitely went double studs up into somebody's leg. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we move. Um, let's see what else is what else is going on. What else can I complain about? I mean, I'm pretty sure. Um, Come Monday, when you're listening to this, Juan had a wide open shot. Juan Agadello probably didn't take it. He passed it off to somebody else. I can almost guarantee that happened. Um, Bruno Lapa, uh, he had a he had a wonderful free kicks, but no one ever got on the end of it. If I'm assuming, we probably just won two nil, but it was the ugliest two nil win you've ever seen in your life. Congratulations, Legion, on the three points. You sound like a Birmingham City fan, <laughs> except the win. The win wouldn't have come, but the rest sounds 
Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. This is also <laughs> uh, before a Charleston match, which that's kind of the next part. So Charleston is one of our next closest away days, which I'm starting in Atlanta. So I'm going to three and a half hours to Atlanta to watch mm-hmm. them play in Atlanta. And then Charleston, South Carolina is on the way, which is five hours ish from Atlanta. That's ridiculous. So it's eight hours from Birmingham. And that's, that's one of ridiculous. our closest away days. That's ridiculous. Do you not own a TV? Just watch it. Well, I enjoy Charleston, South Carolina. It's a wonderful place. I've been looking it's eight for, hours away. It's I've been ridiculous. looking. I've been looking for an excuse to go. <laughs> I could fly to hmm, America in eight hours. <laughs> Literally, nearly Mexico in eight hours. I think Mexico's nine and a half hours. That's, That's ridiculous. That and, you're going to drive that. Grow up, Kayla. It's ridiculous. Right. They don't have a. They don't have that kind of airport. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's insane. Like the fact that you class that as local, yeah, is mind blowing. I, I won't go to watch like Blues against Newcastle because it's too far. Well, I mean, you also have to think the the driving infrastructure is a lot different. I mean, a lot of England is a much older country. It's, I mean, your roads were made by horses. <laughs> Romans actually a cheeky git, oh, but yeah, well, yeah. It was Roman horses, mate. <laughs> Roman horses. <laughs> we made your roads as well till you kicked us out. I mean, for us, I mean, the, all of our stuff was just made because scientists were like, occasionally we need to have straight roads so airplanes can land. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think about how the U.S. infrastructure, the road infrastructure was made, and it cracks me up because, you know, during wartime, they said, well, you never know whenever somebody is going to try to invade the U.S. and we need to land a plane. So. Yeah. Every single interstate has, after every few miles, has a stretch of one mile that is perfectly straight so a plane can land. No way. Yeah. Bloody hell. So that's why... Why are Americans so paranoid about everything? Why do you always think hey, people are out to get you? Because they are, mainly ourselves. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're the only ones who shoot yourselves. No one else has got close to you. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the whole thing, like fear no one except yourself. I mean, yeah. Except your neighbors. Yeah. My God. I mean, that's, but yeah, that's kind of the whole thing is that we wanted to have places to land because I mean, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, it was either during right before war. No, this was during the cold war. So Mm. like we were just massively afraid of Russians and we're like, Mm. well, whenever the Russians invade, we got to, and they bomb all of our airports. We need to be able to land on the streets. (laughs) the way well nothing's changed does it everyone's scared of the russians again now so that's just i mean i just said circular I, wore a shirt. Life, I just said i wear a shirt that says i support vladimir putin so i'm okay. well yeah. i'm fine <laughs> yeah, you're fine you're hedging your bets that's all that was <laughs> nah, mate. but that's that's kind of the that's kind of the legion experience though i mean we you kind of go to what you can memphis is two and a half hours away uh you have Atlanta that's three hours away. Louisville is six hours away. And those are our close ones. If you go to Charleston, that's a little bit too far. But if you're looking to make a trip out of it, which I am, um, yeah. it, it's a beach town. I mean, come on. Like, it's old U.S. It's a beach town. It's fine. Uh, you can go to Tampa Bay um, when if you want to go watch, uh, you know, the, the Buccaneers, Buccaneers and then go watch Legion. I mean, you can do that all in the same weekend. But that's 10 hours away. I actually uh, looked at going to a Bucks game and it just wasn't going to happen. Nine minutes. I've just looked. Nine minutes between Blues and Villa. That's a derby. 
not three hours to bloody Memphis and five well, to wherever. That's what makes it hard about Darby's, right? And we're it's kind of hard because we now have another Birmingham team, FC Birmingham, which scum. I mean, yeah, I hate them. Um, except when you're going to try out for them. I think I am. I think I'm going to yeah, go make your mind up, kid. <laughs> I, I think I am. It's like $45 for me to go out there and just, you know, put on the gloves one good time and see what happens. I mean, worth a try and it can't kick the ball further than 20 yards, but you know what? Yeah. Hey, I'll put Roll my, it out. I'll put a palm on. Uh, look, if we're not man city play out the back, I mean, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm if sure the other, if the rest of the team aren't as good as you, mate, that's not your fault. Yeah, you, I mean, do, you you play your game and it's on them. I'm sure Edison can kick the ball a 50 yards or whatever, but I haven't seen him do it. He just kicks it to his, to a center back, whatever. I can do the same. Exactly. When you're that good, mate, you don't need to. Listen. Players come to you. <laughs> they gravitate towards me mainly because I can't exactly. get out of my own half, but that's, a, exactly. that's not why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've been on here for a while, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. I know, uh, I know you've been doing obviously fat lads just a little bit doing the meetings with mayors is coming in like what a couple more weeks and you guys will be mm. back regular. Yeah. In theory. Um, I apologize that this podcast hasn't been very Birmingham city based and I've, I've probably done all I can to avoid talking about Birmingham city, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'll come on and talk about blues properly when the season kicks off. Um, just because I want to be your number one guest. That's the only reason. Uh, okay. Going for the fourth. Um, yeah. So fat lads, uh, will be back in a slightly different form with slightly different people. I think at the moment I am genuinely so apathetic to blues. Even thinking about fat lads kind of depresses me a bit. Um, I've done these meeting with the mayor things because they get a lot of views and I'm an attention seeker and I like people saying my name. Um, <laughs> if you want the honest reason. Uh, Fat Lads will be back because it's fun with Jack and Pew, but Jack and Pew are both very busy. Pew's just recently got married. Um, Jack has just recently been promoted, so they're both very, very busy. I've got no social life um, whatsoever, so I'm always available. Um, but it will be back. It just may be with other people, and that will probably be starting in the next two weeks or so. So, yeah. And then um, you with... also do Her Game 2 pod, right? I do her... Do, 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 do Her Game no, 2. Yeah. Um we have recently expanded into cricket and I'm running her game Two cricket. Um, but yes, her game Two is fantastic. We do have her game Two USA, um, but they're not quite as present on social media. Um, but that campaign is all about eradicating sexism, uh, promoting inclusivity and promoting grassroots footballing and now cricket. Um, and to be honest, it's just more fun than talking about blues at the moment. I feel like it's actually making a difference, whereas blues just pushes me closer and closer to the edge. I mean, that is partially making a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Uh, I mean, I, I really have. I've enjoyed the her game too uh, pods. I've I've been listening to those a good bit. Those have been different. Um, I think because Kaz was on the show, like for a couple times on fat lads uh, twice mm. right three yeah, times yeah 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 twice uh was she twice or three it could be two or three yeah 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 so yeah. i mean she she Kaz, Kaz is great so she she sort of kicked up it was um kind of on fat lads i she came on fat lads and i did this whole speech the next week about how she is an expert in a field when it comes to football and, and she gets all this abuse online and blah 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 blah, blah. um and it, it was kind of a, a bit of a spark and then she got a load of abuse on social media not long after that and then very shortly after that 
her game two came about and she was just a bit like, you know what, I do know what I'm talking about. Um, not taking any credit whatsoever for, for taking it. It's just that's how I got involved with this sort yeah. of thing. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, she'll be on a few times. She's a top, top girl. I love her to bits. And so people can find Her Game 2 podcast. Um, yes. Yeah, so Her Game 2, I think if you just type in HGT podcast on YouTube, you'll find that. Uh, if you type in FLGIG on YouTube, you'll find Fat Lads Going Goal. Um, and then for Her Game 2, there's well, hergame2.co.uk. Uh, we're at hergame2 on Twitter and at HTC Cricket um, for all you American listeners that just love cricket. Honestly, mate, I've been getting into it. I, I finally understand it. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Dude, I've, it's, it's a someone who doesn't, who didn't grow up with it because cricket's not around here. It has mm. to be one of the most confusing sports I've ever watched. It's kind of like it's baseball, but with skill. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it. There is a lot to learn with cricket, um, a, a lot to learn. But it, cricket can be boring, and it has this reputation of being boring, and I understand that. Although nine innings plus of baseball can be boring as hell as well. Um, when cricket is good, it's phenomenal. It's the best sport in the world, better than football. Uh, and there are those moments, particularly with England, um, where they, they come down to the wire in a test match. It's special. I've been watching the, uh, uh, what is it called? The something 20. I've been watching. T20. Yeah. yeah. It's, I finally started figuring out. I understood the point system. That one made sense mm. to me. Like, okay, you get, you get six runs for hitting it over the wall. That makes sense. You get four for hitting the wall. That makes sense. And then everything else is just running back and forth. I got that. It was just what it was always the, what are the numbers at the bottom? I finally understand what a ball is. I finally (laughs) fully understand what a wicket is. And it's starting to, it's a lot more fun to watch when you have a clue of what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. Not only that, it's probably similar to baseball as well is if you face a pitcher you understand what it's like to try and smack that ball and it's the same with cricket if you face a a fast bowler you understand just how hard it is and just how inch perfect the batsman's reactions are and the 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 fielder's reactions are and a lot a lot of the the obstacle with cricket is understanding the jargon and the names of all the positions like there's slips there's there's gullies there's third man there's cow corn there's all these which are it's all essentially nonsense is bloke standing on a pitch trying to catch a ball uh it's, it's a very basic game but if you try and watch watch it with commentary it will just confuse the hell out of you but the the t20 is good because it is literally smack it as hard as you can yeah. as often as you can and then what we've got coming up in the summer is something called the 100 which is an even shorter form of the game and it is literally the hardest hitters in the game coming in to smack the ball everywhere whilst the fastest bowlers in the game try and not the stumps over. I will say, and I've said this before, um, some of the most entertaining sporting events I've ever been to have been baseball games because mm. when they're going, when they're right, for the same reasons, they are just the best. Seeing a guy, you know, who can throw the ball, uh, don't know what it'd be in kilometers, but 100 plus miles per hour, right? And seeing a guy who's known just to hit home runs, seeing those guys go off against each other mm. in a big moment, it's must-watch TV. Because yeah, what? Go on. Uh, it's, Sorry, it's, like, it's like either way, you're going to have a guy hit home run or big hit, clear the bases, win the game, or you're going to have a guy throw triple digits 
and just blow him away. Somebody is going to win, and it's going to be incredible. When baseball is right, it's the best, and I stand by that. That that is exactly the same as cricket. When when it's good, it's good. When we won the World Cup, Ben Stokes just coming in, just smacking it all over the place. I've got that recorded on my Skybox, never to be deleted. It's perfect. It's it's cricket heritage. Um, But baseball, I was, I think I was about fourteen. I used to have like bad insomnia and that's when I was watching baseball on, on channel five late at night. Um, that's when I remember, I think his name was Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Kurt um, Schilling's. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he bust his ankle up and he was pitching and you could see the blood coming through the, oh, sock yeah, at the bottom. 2004 and, world series. Yeah. Yeah. Was that against the Cardinals by any chance? Yes, because they, was, had just, was... they had just beaten they just beat the Yankees after coming back, mm. and then yeah, they played the Cardinals in that series. Yeah, yeah. So you had him with his bleeding, bleeding ankle. You had Jim Edwards who come in and just try and smack it, and then uh, I think Carpenter was the pitcher. You got Barry Bonds who, aside from the stuff he was putting in his system, would, would smack it as hard as he can. Uh, I remember A Rod. Yeah, and got big and Derek Jeter, and so all these that that was kind of my era of baseball. It was only a, a short span, but I I totally get where you're coming from, and I yeah. would be up till four o'clock in the morning, and then I have to get up for school the next day, not <laughs> long after. But it's because you're right when it's good, it's brilliant, it's gripping. I went to see the Yankees against the Red Sox at the Olympic Stadium, the West Ham's ground. What a bizarre! I watched it on TV. It was oh god, it was it was daft by the end like, i won tickets i forgot that i even applied for tickets and i got this email to say you've won and i was like that sounds like bollocks so i phoned up i was like is this legit and they said yeah basically i think they couldn't sell it out so they just said everyone who entered got a ticket essentially and we went and it just went on and on the the ground was too small basically yeah and it just went on and on and on and like we were just looking at our watches thinking, god is this ever going to end yeah it, it also, I mean, it makes no sense to send Yankees Red Sox over there considering the fact the whole point is their rivalry, but it's really not even a rivalry between players anymore. It's just fans. Fans get mad about it. It's like, about, sent, yeah, it's almost like if you sent modern day Villa versus Blues and sent them to the US, like some players may hate each other, but for the most part, it's the fans that hate each other. And that's what the Derby is. Yeah. Have, have I told you that story of me going to, um, to that baseball game before i don't think so if not i will do i'm just trying to i'm on my phone i'm just trying to find the score from that because i don't know what the score was but it was daft it was just every ball was just a home run and it was uh no i can't find it no that uh yeah that oh, I, I can sorry uh 17 13 the score was <laughs> it was ridiculous honestly mate it was ridiculous it i was... watched it i watched that oh. one on tv uh because it was a whole series and they were all like that and then you know, all the commentators are like, have you ever seen offense like this? And everybody, all the fans were like, no, we don't want to. Yeah, we don't. So <laughs> even us, to us, it was a spectacle. My first ever baseball game. And it just, it put me off. I'd go again in America. I'd never go and watch it in England again because it was yeah. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we, we got there. It was full of Americans, which I was surprised that to be honest, although it would be more English. And we were sat next to a Red Sox fan and behind him was a Yankees fan. And I am not sociable. Don't let this podcast fool you. I don't talk to anyone. I'm very British and stoic and leave me alone. And this American guy was talking to me, this Red Sox fan. I was like, fucking leave me alone. I just want to sit here and eat rubbish food and watch a game. And he's like, so where are you from? So oh, I'm from Birmingham, mate. Yeah. He goes, ah, oh, who's your rivals? Said um, Villa. He goes, ah, oh, 
see Red Sox and Yankees. That's kind of like Blues versus Villa, like Birmingham versus Villa. I said, no, 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 no. I said, mate, last time Birmingham played Villa, one of our fans ran on the pitch and punched their star player and got escorted off by police. Let me know when that happens in Red Sox against Yankees. And he spent the whole game talking to the Yankees fan behind him. So this wouldn't, like, no, do not ever compare that rivalry to our rivalry. Yours is a sporting rivalry. Ours is a slightly murderous rivalry. I will say Red Sox Yankees are not the best representation anymore. It, mm. If you go back to the era that you talked about with like 2004, that mm. one I think would be would be more accurate. But mm. modern day, no. Now with the because they are so far and and both teams not really have fallen off, but you have players like a Pedro Martinez. Um, mm. You had guys like Alex Rodriguez, you know, who loved to eat steroids. You know yeah. he. You know, you had guys like that who, and Kurt Schilling, who is just a a certified jerk, um, mm-hmm. by in every sense of the word. I and mean, these were guys who were willing to brawl, and that bled mm-hmm. into the fans. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's not the same. The only, I'm trying to think, maybe, I mean, Alabama Auburn can be pretty bad. Um, mm. Which is another pretty intense rivalry. Is there anywhere the police have to physically separate fans? Um, so, I mean, there have been a few. Okay. Anytime that anybody goes down to LSU, Louisiana State University, mm. um, those are always big ones. Um, Would you have people roaming the streets looking for opposition fans to yes. purely to fight them? Really? Yes. Uh, LSU fans do for sure. Um, mm. When we went to... I went to the University of Tennessee um, whenever I was going with the band my freshman year of college, and mm. we had Tennessee fans that tried to flip our bus while we were still in it. No way. Yeah. So, no so we, we're not even on the football team. We're just people that are there to play instruments and leave. Yeah. And they just came up to us and like tried to flip our bus while we were in it. They had to obviously get police over there and deal with that issue. It oh, it does happen, but it's mm. not in the rivalries that you hear about. Um, yeah, LSU for sure. Um, let's see, we had we were in Texas earlier this year. Um, I took an elbow to the back of the head during a game um, because they had just beaten us and they stormed the pitch pitch oh, field. Um, yeah. And so, as they were running down, one guy uh, threw uh, threw an elbow to the back of my head. I feel like. If anybody's still listening to this at this point, because we've gone on for a minute, um, <laughs> I don't know if I've told this before, but um, their guy runs down onto the field. We're in Kyle Field, which how many people does that hold? I think the total attendance was 112,000 people. That Jesus day. Christ. Yeah. Um, and so well over 90% of them are going down to the pitch. Yeah. And one of them elbows me in the back of the head and he's going to jump over the railing to go onto the field. And as he's midair, I yank his leg. So he falls ah. flat on his face and it's like awesome. a, it's like a 10 foot drop right on the gravel. No <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cop just looks at me and the cop looks at me. Cop looks at him. The guy, the guy's like, are you not going to do anything? And the cop was like, you elbowed him in the back of the head. Yeah. What you yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So is the rivalry we like New York City and New York Red Bulls or are they not bothered? 
New York is strange, man. Like there's fans that care. There's also fans that don't. Um, Mm. It's the MLS is fairly sterile when it comes to derbies. Um, LA, uh, the LA teams, mainly just LAFC. They get it a little Mm. bit. They get pretty rowdy over there. Um, The, I mean, El Trafico has to be one of my favorite Derby names in the world. Um, (laughs) But they they get pretty those get pretty intense that there's definitely police for those um one that was really underrated for a while um was a fc cincinnati versus a louisville city the team that just went up there uh two mm. teams when fc cincinnati was still in the second tier um there were there were fights there were stuff that broke out quite frequently uh fans were not allowed to outside of the ground or outside of their section uh you you had to wait till police got you out of the stadium Mm. so that one was pretty pretty intense for a while um there was another one that came to my mind not completely lost it Mm. so but those those were pretty good for Mm. minute anyway Mm. you'd have to come over to england to watch uh, the chance of getting tickets for blues villas slim to none but blues millwall or something particularly after they they were fighting in the stand yeah anyone in millwall really um but yeah they millwall and blues fans had a bit of a scrap in the in the ground didn't they this season um just to see just to see and see if it if you recognize any of it sort of thing but there will be a massive police presence for blues millwall in particular next season yeah, I mean, the there's a team that makes waves, and there's a chance that some of their people are listening to this. But uh, Detroit City, they've they've made a name uh, for themselves, um, and they they've been given the name uh, Discount Millwall. Um, <laughs> which do we like them or not? Nah, and they're listening to this. Uh, come, come to Birmingham, <laughs> get on a plane, come and meet the Zulus. Don't care if you're. B-Tech Millwall or whatever, come and see us. We'll put you right in your place. Yeah. They're, I mean, their fans are really funny because they're very defensive about everything. And there's a couple of them that I talk to that they're fine. They're, they're It's whatever, but it's also just absolutely dreadful to listen to them. They're, everything is a slight against them. Everything is just. the basically Liverpool in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To be honest, like some of my best mates are Villa fans, and it's all—it's only on match day that that it really matters, and, and they can burn in hell on that day. But the rest of the time, they're all right, I suppose. And that's how I feel. I mean, obviously, about Memphis fans can't stand. Oh yes, yeah, scumbags, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we would have more of a derby if they would actually show up to any of their games or away games. So, Ooh, I mean, whatever. Shots it's, fired. It's not like they're listening to this anyway. Most of them don't even show up unless they get free tickets. So, <laughs> anyway, I said we were going to end this about twenty minutes ago. So, yeah. I don't care about people listening. I'm enjoying the chat, and that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. Uh, I had a show a while back that was, uh, I think it started hedging on three hours, and I was like, yeah. and I sat there and I was like, you know what? Some shows are for me. Some shows are for you. This one's for yeah, me. Exactly. I care less. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Hundred percent. Who cares about Birmingham City and Legion? It's fun talking to you, mate. Ah, man, I. It's really strange hearing about, uh, I guess, rivalries over there, and just like even normal matches. Because I mean, 
it's one of those funny things. I've, I always say Birmingham City fans like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go down, but we're also leading the league in arrests. So where do you? Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one thing we are good at getting arrested, which probably says more about the fact that we can't get away with this stuff. <laughs> the other fans are just as bad, but they're be- they've got better alibis, I think. Um, but yeah, we we are. I suppose. I mean, we're not hooligans these days hooliganism doesn't massively exist in this country anymore yes Millwall and a few Blues fans had a scrap this season but it's not like the 70s and 80s the problem is back in the 70s and 80s if you start fighting the police are going to wade in with batons and it's going to all kick off and be a massive brawl now if you start fighting the police pull out the video cameras and all that happens is you get a knock on your door at 3am they bust your door down arrest you then and ban you from all football Um, it's a different world but we Blues fans, I suppose, have got this reputation of being the Zulu army and Nada's nails and there's books about us and all that and all the fights that we had. And well, I suppose some of the, the youth feel they need to replicate that as and when they can. And it, it's mostly all talk, to be honest. Listen, uh, if it's anything like Liverpool fans going to France, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that because I'll have... Liverpool fans in their droves telling me how they were mistreated. Apparently they were mistreated, but you know, you're Liverpool fans, so I don't really care. Although pepper spraying kids is a bit, bit much. <laughs> I mean, it, that whole thing was very strange because I, over here in the States, we never actually heard any details of what actually happened. It was just so it's like, well, England fans came over to, to Paris and you know, they're awful and they did this and that. And then Liverpool fans were all just like, we didn't do that. And if we did do that, you yeah. deserved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What it, it, it's partly, it's partly the reputation of, of English fans. So we are known for hooliganism. And when it comes to England, that's kind of where our hooligans are now, really. Um, English fans smash up English pubs when we play home games. Like we played in um, England, played at the Molyneux Wolves ground um, not mm. long ago. My mate went to it and a load of England fans smashed up a pub in Wolverhampton just because that's one of their own pubs that they smashed up. But that's England fans, unfortunately. So it is partly that reputation. It's partly the fact that Liverpool fans were trying to get in with fake tickets. Whether they knew they were fake is debatable, though. Um, but there's an over-reliance on technology. So all tickets now are scanned QR codes and stuff, which are easy to print out and fake yourself. Yeah. Um, and apparently lots of people were getting in with free tickets. Apparently, once UEFA realised that and the, whoever was controlling the day, they put a, like a stop on all the fans coming in. And that's when they started scrutinising all the tickets. And that's when fans kick off because the game's kicking off in half an hour and they're not in yet and, and, and whatnot. Um, but there were fans from both sets of teams jumping the fence and trying to get in. Liverpool fans are not blameless, no matter what they tell you, but I don't think UEFA kind of cover themselves in glory either. They actually apologised, didn't they, UEFA? Any other club, they'll probably ignore, but because it's Liverpool, you have to make a big public apology to them. I mean, like you said, Klopp's going to complain about it. I mean, oh, absolutely. He'll get seven subs next season just because of that. Um, yeah. Something about Germans in France, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it, I like that. I wish I'd have used that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, this was something that got brought up last year that showed up for like a day. And I wish a bigger deal got made about it. Wasn't there just a random day that uh, Ed Sheeran was around for a blues match? Just yeah, one day. Yeah, he, no, it wasn't even a match. He just appeared in the pub. 
randomly though the, the only thing i can think is he's got a song which i believe is called take me back to london which he may not have got in america um because it was a very uk song there's a guy called stormzy i think it was who's like a grime artist uh and we have a guy called jk who is he bills himself as a local celebrity uh i've never heard of him or his songs but i know he was on that song with ed sheeran he lives in that area. So whether Ed Sheeran was visiting him and said, I fancy a drink, let's go to the um, one of the dodgiest pubs we can find. I think it was the Roost he was in, um, which isn't a dodgy pub, to be fair. Um, and he just yeah, appeared and was drinking with Blues fans and playing pool with Blues fans. No one knew he was there. No one knows why he was there, but he was. And yeah, we, so we got him to throw up the, the Zulu Z. And yeah, he's an Ipswich fan, though, isn't he? Uh, Ed Sheeran. What are Ipswich fan? That's so random. I because mm-hmm, it, it popped up on my because was it on the same day as a blues match? No, no, I was the the season had finished. I'm sure it had. Did it? Okay, yeah, because yeah. they I didn't was, go. To, I'm sure they didn't go to a game or anything. Because I remember seeing them in the pub. I thought maybe it was an away day that a bunch of blues fans no. were just like just didn't go to, and he was just there. No, no, not at all. He just decided. Um, I want to slum it for a bit in Birmingham buy me a dodgy blues pub and just turn up there and, yeah <laughs> it was very strange very odd i i'm trying to think of i mean we don't really get the random the random celebrities that do that i guess blues is a strange one to randomly have anyway i mean I know- oh massively yeah it's a as i say no one i still don't know why he was there i'm not even <laughs> completely sure it was him it could have just been any ginger bloke could have been me um but i've got a better singing voice i mean listen as far as i know you don't have that kind of hair but i mean i know ginger but like it's a little bit different he's a little bit more uh untamed <laughs> he's not as naturally handsome as me is that what you're saying i mean i didn't say that but i knew you were going to imply it you i could tell you meant it i could see it in your eyes uh, yeah i understand and there you're right you are right i am good looking yeah, leather jacket and all that people can't see because it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I guess the last little bit before we really do need to hop off because because <laughs> whenever we started this call, so I don't know if I actually said this. I'm in the middle of a stretch of pre-recording episodes to release because I have to do. I released one not too long ago about Atlanta United 2, which just happens tomorrow. And then mm. I'm previewing the Charleston match, which happens on Saturday. I'm doing this. I have another episode, that, uh, some that's coming out later this uh, next week. And I'm also doing another podcast with the USL, so, uh, the USL show. So that's five podcasts I'm doing today, mm. which, yeah. Do you find it gets a bit much? Um, Honestly, I really enjoy it. I enjoy really it. enjoy it. It's just... Mm. It's uh, definitely I can feel the the voice getting a little tired, but as soon as yeah. as soon as this ends, I have to finish up the Charleston one because I I got back to ed- I was editing ugh, I edited the Atlanta one. It took a little bit longer than I thought it would, hmm. and so that got pushed back. I started that one. I am let's look at it. Uh, I am only fourteen minutes into the Charleston one, so as soon as this yeah. is done, I'm gonna grab a water and then just. Finish that one out, yeah. But I mean, I'd still enjoy it. It's it's a ton of fun. It helps that the team is interesting this year because Mm. we have a lot of interesting characters around. Um, Mm. We have a guy who uh, just came on recently. He's actually out uh, officially, 
Um, our left back, Jake Roof, he was a guy that was around for years that a lot of guys said, we don't know why we keep signing him. He's not that great of a player. He's not that great of a player. And then this year, he suddenly just came out of nowhere and it's a beast. Yeah. Um, same thing. We have a guy who's our leading goal scorer right now, Prosper Kasim. He's another guy that nobody understood. We kept signing him. He didn't fit. He wasn't that great. He has mm. no right foot. The right foot does not exist. <laughs> he might as well be an amputee, but that left foot he has is pure gold. Um, and now this year, he's he's our leading goal scorer. And then mm. you have a guy that we signed from Cro- – he's a Croatian who was playing in the Slovenian second division. And mm. our our coaches and our uh, director of football, Jay Heaps, just found him in the second tier of Slovenia. No uh, way. Uh, and they've been playing football manager. They've been playing tons of football manager. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think the Slovenian first tier shows up in football manager. No, no, no idea. No clue. Um, they uh, – I mean, so you had guys like him who every I was I had him on a podcast and I'm I never really thought about having people who maybe speak English but don't know slang. So oh, I was, it's okay. So there was a few slang words I used and he was like, What does that mean? And I'm like, Oh god, <laughs> how do you which that was really fun trying to figure out. I mean, we have a lot of people that have been around for a long time. And the most fun one is a guy named Enzo Martinez, who mm. he most hated person in Birmingham sports history. Could not see no, the I... dude, hated him. Just an absolute Hauser. Like, yeah. I mean, he could not stand him. He, all, you hated him. He, he was yeah. everything that you hated. And then we signed him. <laughs> as it turns out one of the nicest guys i really that yeah no way. <laughs> just so nice but now i was down in louisville and as soon as they called his name the entire stadium booing him every really? single every single bit they had just he he does something to every fan base that yeah. everybody hates him and it's so nice to have him on our team because i remember hating him could yeah. not stand the dude and now he plays yeah. for us <laughs> you see like uh jamie vardy and jack Grealish and players like that robbie savage for us hate him if you're playing against him but if he plays for you he's brilliant i mean yeah i mean somehow Grealish going to man city makes him even more unbearable to me i mm. don't know why the, the only the silver lining to it is the Villa fans hate him now, which makes him more likable to me. Um, but I, I haven't, my issue with Greenish isn't necessarily the Villa thing. Um, he was done. If he wasn't proven to be drink driving, although I think he did get charged for it because there's a video of him driving recklessly, but he was driving recklessly around an area where my family live. And mm. that's one of the reasons I don't like him because I don't like anyone who drink drives, let alone this footballer. And yes, obviously I am slightly biased because he played for the Villa, blah, blah, blah. But it's more the drink driving stuff because there's other Villa players like John McGinn. I've got no problem with whatsoever. Yeah. Um, who's the the right back? Uh, Cash, I think he's a really good player. Um, I don't dislike Mings particularly. So it, it, yes, they have the Villa stench to them. Um, but we agree that it was a bit more than that. Um, it was his actions off the pitch I didn't particularly like. I, the one silver lining for Grealish is that he doesn't understand how enjoyable he is to watch off the pitch whenever they – what was – it was a clip, I think, from the BBC or Sky Sports, something that's like, can you point to England on this map? And he was – No, like, no, yeah, yeah. 
that they, they asked him um they said you've, you've got an encyclopedic knowledge of football and he's, and he's like, like what is that encyclopedia but it's it if you watch the the man city celebrations like when they had the open top bus and everything and you see bernardo silver and he's like he's done all this before carl walker's done all this before mars has done all this before Grealish is absolutely off his tits <laughs> you just think you can tell who the superstars are in this team they're so used to winning the league they're not bothered and Grealish is having the time of his life and those are the moments where you think, oh, you know what? Maybe you are just a bloke. He's from where I'm from as well. He's from Solihull, which is a small, t- like I say small town to you. That's probably about 400,000 people. Um, small town to us is not many at all. Like it is a village essentially to you. He's from the same place. And, and you think, yeah, maybe you are just a kid from around the block, but you're still a drink driving bastard. Yeah. I mean, I think who, I don't, I don't know all the, you know, the in depth of uh, football heritage, right? Mm. Like I, I know the big names, and that's and recently I can get into a bit of more of the the vowels of it, I guess. But mm. somebody called him out recently that were like, like we need to ban, we need to ban uh, players from drinking while they're under contract. Talking about Grealish, and as it turns out, he was a guy who was arrested several times for battering his wife, and everybody was like, "Mate, Stan Collymore, Stan Collymore, you will you will find it hard to find a Blues fan on Twitter that isn't banned by Stan Collymore." Uh, he went out with a, he was married to, I believe, a woman called Ulrika Johnson, who was a english um celebrity presenter she did a lot of the like comedy panel shows and stuff uh and he beat her senseless um <sighs> he was in the newspapers of beaters he's a he was caught dogging do you have dogging in america you probably have dogging you probably call it something else but um basically drive to a secluded place um have sexual relations with a woman whilst other blokes stand around the car oh, yeah, measuring yeah, yeah, themselves. Yeah. yeah, we call that dogging over here. He was caught dogging over in Canuck Chase, which is about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. Um he's not a very nice character at all. So for him to call anyone else on their behaviour is hypocritical beyond belief. Um and if you say any of this to him on Twitter, he'll block you. I mean there's I, a there's I, a, a good there's a good clip actually on uh he used to be a presenter on that talk sport radio show I mentioned. And there's a good clip on Twitter, on um, YouTube, where someone phones in, the radio phone in, and they talk about a goal and they end it by saying, uh, I'll tell you what, he really hit that. He hit that harder than you hit Ulrika Johnson. And that made it live to air. And you think, not nice to laugh about domestic abuse, but it's good that someone threw that in Colin Moore's face because he's a pre. Yeah, I mean, I, that was one of those things that, like, I saw that and I was like, that's a weird thing. It's like, you can't control the footballers' lives. And, I mean, hey, if Grealish wants to go on a bender and get an Uber or get a taxi cab, whatever, mm. afterwards, fine. Great. Yeah, it's drive. also, yeah, exactly. It's it's also important to note Stan Connemore played for Aston Villa and is, is an Aston Villa fan. Um, so for him to call out Villa's golden boy when Villa fans don't particularly like Connemore that much anyway, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, if Grealish wants to go out there and do whatever blokes his age do, if he gets a taxi back and no one gets hurt, does it matter? Yeah. Does it really matter? It, there's a photo of him drunk on a, an escalator. Um, does it matter, really? Haven't we all been drunk on an escalator? I mean, listen. Have you lived if you haven't been drunk on an escalator? <laughs> does it matter at the end of the day? As long as he's not then driving home. Yeah. I mean, I think, come on, like let them let the guy celebrate a little bit. Now that they now that they're bringing it in Holland, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's never going to see the pitch again. 
exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got Sterling waiting to say he played Bernardo Silva. Like Man City was, I you understand why he went because you've gone to the arguably, in my opinion, the best team in the world. I don't care if they yeah. win the Champions League or not. Um, but at the same time, you have drastically reduced your playing time. But who cares? So, okay, I've been wanting to ask somebody this forever. Go on. Blues are finally making it to the pinnacle. They are to the top. They are right. sitting. They are sitting in second place of the prem. Which have you been going out getting drunk with Grealish, dude? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, I was drunker than he was. That's the reason he drove. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he was the designated least drunk driver. <laughs> least drunk driver. <laughs> uh, which would you prefer lose to win a Champions League or the league title? Birmingham City, yeah, league title. Man City, I understand why they won the Champions League because they haven't won it before. But Champions League, you can, you obviously have to be very, 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 very good at football. But if the odd result goes your way, you can get a slightly easier run of it. The Premier League, you have to be consistent, particularly these days where the races are tighter than they've ever been. You've got like the top three teams going largely unbeaten all season. You have to be on your game every single week whilst also playing in the Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup and whatever else might come along, Charity Shield, etc. Um, for me, I think it's more of a an achievement to win the Premier League. But I understand why Man City won the Champions League and obviously PSG sacked their manager yesterday or today, didn't they, for that reason? I mean, I don't... You kind of have to feel for, uh, I mean, feel for him, I guess. Hmm. I mean, is that, was that, I cannot remember who's where. Was that Poch? Yeah, that Poch, he, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> he does nothing wrong. He goes out there mm. and all, just like everybody else, I guess, with PSG and Ligon. But, I mean, he goes out there and yeah. wins, gets sacked because they don't win Champions League. Mm. But, I mean, what it, it's not... What are you supposed to do about that? I mean, it's been well. I mean, yeah. it's been run by La Liga and like Bayern. Those are really the two. Everybody else yeah. that runs. I mean, it's rare for even an English team to win it. The last mm. one to win it was like an eight team with Liverpool, right? I mean, mm. yeah, that's right, that, yeah. it's yeah. barely barely any English clubs won it. No French clubs won it. So I mean, mm. whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I suppose it, it proves that you're the best team in Europe, but does it? I'm not convinced it does. Um, I think, say, Real Madrid had a weaker team than they've had in ages, and they won it this this year. Um, Liverpool should have battered them, but they didn't. Um, I, I, who's who's manager of Madrid now? Uh, Angelotti, right? Yeah. So he basically played Liverpool perfectly. He let them attack them, then counter attacked, kept I mean, whipping it up to Benzema, and eventually it paid off for him. That, that was a, a, a go on. I was just going to say it was a long, it was a long-weighted Merseyside uh, derby that they didn't know that they were getting into. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it, that that just showed that his tactic of let Liverpool attack and we'll lump it over the top ended up coming off for him. Um, they put, I think it was Vinicius on, and he just just ran up the ran and ragged. But if you were to play nineteen other teams for a, a 
the whole season, you will get found out very quickly if you play that style of football every every week. Yeah. But you can surprise Liverpool as a one-off with it. And that's what happened and, and they ended up winning. So I think it's, to me, it's more of an achievement to win the league. But I suppose the big books are in the Champions League. And once you've won the league four times, five times in the last however many seasons, does it matter if you win it again, I suppose? I mean, it was, I mean, it was kind of funny thing that um, Liverpool won it 18-19 or 17-18. I remember what I, I just know 18 was in there somewhere. And I think they finished third that season, mm. something like that. Mm. And they've won. Everybody was kind of happy. But then it, it, the very next day, Liverpool fans was like, what was us? We haven't won the we haven't won the league in 30 something. Yeah, games. yeah. And it's like, yeah. I guess that kind of shows you where the loyalties lie. It's like, yeah, the Champions League is cool, but it's not the league. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people view it differently, but, uh, and with the league as well, I suppose you feel like you're part of it because there's a higher percentage of fans that get to go to every game. Yeah. Champions League, you, I don't know how anyone financially supports Man City because they're at Wembley minimum of two times a year, which is to us, it's a long way from Manchester to you. It's like a, a nothing journey, but, yeah. Manchester to London is got to be two, two and a half, three hours, maybe, maybe even further, maybe three and a half hours. Um, just a, a local trip to Atlanta for you. I will um, say it's a little bit different, the idea, because most of the time that people go to those away days, they're on trains, they're on the tube, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. See, the idea of me being on a train for two and a half, three hours sounds miserable. If I was told I had to really? go to Atlanta okay, yeah. by the train, I would be. I'm just being around that many people for that long is different than driving somewhere. But you can start drinking at seven o'clock in the morning. Yes. <laughs> there is that. There Which is why they go up. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But then, yeah, you've, you've got the rail fare. You've got the price of the ticket. You've got petrol, diesel if you're driving, um, gas, as you call it. Um, then if you're going to go and watch Champions League games, you've got flights, you've got hotels, you've got all that. How anyone supports Man City is beyond me. I mean, um, particularly the price of fuels at the moment. No kidding. I, it's ridiculous. I mean, maybe with Man City and their owners, they get a nice little discount. Like, here's your Man City <laughs> yeah, card. Yeah. <laughs> would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice for them. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, the whole, the how expensive it is to travel. And if you're a fan of those clubs, I mean, people want to take a crack at the empty hat, right? But mm. who knows how many of those people are just saving up tickets, saving up money to go watch them in the Champions League. Yeah, exactly. Well, Man, Man City up until, I mean, I, I remember in my 35 years on this planet when Man City were Division 2 and they were not a nothing club, but certainly not a big club. They certainly weren't in the conversation particularly as being one of the biggest clubs in the land, if like not like they are now. So they are a very working class club. You didn't have to be rich to support Man City 15, 20 years ago. Those same fans now suddenly have to be rich to support Man City. So when people like to have a pop at them for not selling out the League Cup semi-final at Wembley, will you understand why? Because they're going to be back there three more times this year. Yeah. It's not like it's just down the road from them. It's not an occasion to them. It's just a semi-final against Sheffield United or something that they will win hands down by putting their third string team out. You understand why it's not a big game to them. And, and that is, to me, that is the definition. People like to argue over what's a, who's a big club and Blues aren't a big club anymore and Villa are a big club. A big club is someone who can get to the League Cup semi-final and no one turns up because it's just accepted you're going to win it. 
I mean, that was uh, this last year with Palace and Chelsea, right? I mean, Palace basically almost sold out Wembley and Chelsea fans yeah. barely filled up the stands. I mean, Palace fans exactly. stayed and had a party for hours and Chelsea yeah, yeah. fans barely clapped off their fa- uh, clapped off their club mm-hmm. before they left. I mean... Yeah, it, there's a, there's a, a long-held uh, argument, particularly in this country, over what makes you a big club and who's a big club. And a, a big club, to me, is the expectations of the fans. So Arsenal... And Liverpool, and Arsenal and Villa. Um, I think Arsenal beat Villa four 0 in the FA Cup final, which was a magical day. Um, <laughs> I nearly got beaten up in a pub for that down in London um, because I was wearing Arsenal stuff and a blue shirt as well, and some Villa fans were in there, and they didn't take kindly to it. it started a bit of a brawl. Um, fun times. Um, but the Villa fans afterwards were like, you know what, we got to the final. That's an achievement in itself. Blah blah blah. The Arsenal fans, if they'd have lost that final, they wouldn't be saying, "Oh yes, but we got to the final." They'd be furious because yeah. Arsenal are a big club and they expect to win these games. And Man City, if they don't win, are angry because they expect to win. Your Birmingham Cities are happy just to be in the conversation. That's why they're a big club and we're not. And there are guess, very few big clubs these days. I guess it's one of those funny things that for the uh, for someone who's international, the mm. concept of big club versus small club is simply in the U.S. Have you heard of them? Right? Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, this is, I guess, to boost the the Birmingham City uh, ego a little bit. I mean, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my shirt um, <laughs> exactly, and I went out to get coffee today, and a guy stopped me. and was like, is like, I never see a Birmingham City shirt out and about. No and it was not even he wasn't like I wasn't like talking to him and just mm. and he looks down and reads it. It's someone who was across the coffee shop, walks over to me, recognized the the crest instantly, and was like yeah. it's like I don't see people wearing Birmingham City stuff. And to me, it's like okay, someone in the US has heard of them, somebody can recognize that branding. That's big, that's bigger mm. anyway. Right. I mean, obviously around here you have your Manchester United, you have your Chelsea's, you have your Man City's, you have weirdly Tottenham, Arsenal. The one that always confused me, and I guess it makes sense, but it still confuses me. Uh West uh sorry, Newcastle is a bizarrely big club around here. I'll I'll bet that's because of the goal football um films. Have you ever seen those? Y- yes. It's the thing is, is that most people my age have not. No, it's, okay. it's people my age that support them. And oh, okay. It's not even a recent thing. They got their big money, whatever they're going to start mm. supporting. Them. It was, the only thing I can think of is that they signed a guy from Atlanta, uh, Almada, I think, for like 36 mil. And then people got excited about that. And an American. Didn't they? Didn't they sign the guy from Seattle Sounders? What was his name? He was a right back, I think. He was really good. What was his name? I don't you know. you keep you keep talking. I'm going to go uh, with that. But I mean, yeah. So I, I guess maybe it's just because Newcastle signs Americans for some reason. I don't know. I hmm. I I couldn't tell you. It's very, or at least someone who played in MLS. That's the only thing I could think of. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of people that uh, show up where. Uh, we're like, you know, it's like tunes for life or whatever. It's like, you, you never went there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> but like, all right, cool. Yeah. DeAndre, like DeAndre Yedlin. Oh, uh, DeAndre. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, in Miami now. Is he? He's an all right yeah. player. Well, he, he was back in the day anyway, an all right player. Yeah. He I just mean. re-signed in MLS and Yedlin was, he was quality. He's 
surprisingly young in my mind he is mid-30s but i don't even i think he's 29 but he's been in the u.s men's national team set up i can remember him playing in 2012 Mm. uh against england i'm pretty sure i remember he did and i I had a brief flirtation with seattle sounders um uh i think it was bt sport over here got the rights for the mls um, so naturally you pick a team and naturally you pick the best team. So it was Seattle yeah. Sounders that year. Yeah. Um, and obviously I, I knew Clint Dempsey and a couple of others. So yeah, that was, that was my American team for a very, very short while. Then I tried to play as them on football manager and the league system just it's blew my so mind. Confusing. I gave up. <laughs> I did not understand what the hell was going on. <laughs> the secret is, is the fans don't get it either. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, suppose, yeah. I mean, Bale, Gareth Bale just signed for LAFC and he mm. wasn't even a, a DP, a designated player signing, which is really just the uh, the Beckham rule. Um, basically, yeah. it's their it's their ability to say screw the salary cap. We're going to bring in stars, yeah. but he wasn't even signed on that. He was signed on a thing called TAM, which TAM is a it's a fake it's monopoly money. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's it's, okay. <laughs> it's what they call like Garber bucks. It's that's the commissioner of the league he just makes up money that you can allocate certain funds to certain things to try to make the league more competitive which it has been Mm. i mean it's new winners every single year obviously your seattle's Mm. are going to be around Uh, toronto is not as good as they once were you know you can't just buy your success but somehow lafc has gone out and done it beckham down in miami was doing that until one of his uh one of the minority owners started uh, went to go sell his share in the club and then just released a tell all about how they were cheating and everything. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, we never heard of that over it. Yeah. I mean, MLS is weird. It's a weird mm. league. Um, how far a legion from the MLS is, is that even a possibility? Can you even, don't you have to apply no. for a franchise? Yeah. yeah. So, but USL is working on getting promotion relegation, which so they can go, they can't go up, but they can possibly go down. But right. that's right now, even though they're the second tier, they can, they're at the highest level they could do if they just, if they implement promotion relegation, which is a mm. whole deal. But yeah, I mean, MLS, basically US soccer said we can either create more entertaining football with promotion relegation, or we can continue to have very wealthy owners yeah all the money and you're going to choose the money i mean this is not a thing i mean (laughs) the numbers that you guys are throwing out for birmingham city to be bought is cheaper than the application fee to get an mls really yes which i mean it kind of it made me laugh because i was just every time i've listened to it it's like what the whole number is like 36 million is the bare minimum Mm. to keep the club running that's the amount of money that it would just cost to get into MLS. You that you just pay that yeah. flat fee. Every single owner in MLS is a billionaire. Every single yeah, owner. yeah. And so you have all these guys that are worth billions, if not if not billions, nine hundred millions, whatever. Mm. Very mm. very small amounts of money. Um, <laughs> and because I mean, it kind of made me laugh. But I mean, the owners of Legion could easily afford to buy out Birmingham City. Really? Easily. Well, are they going to listen to this? Because it would be nice 
I think <laughs> I do think a couple of them do listen. Unfortunately, we might have we might have listened. We might have said that idea a little bit too late. ATC, <laughs> <laughs> put this bit first, then we'll waffle after. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I mean, yeah, the owners of Legion could easily buy out. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong; it would be a mi- massive financial undertaking, but yeah. it no, they, it wouldn't even be a question. They could do it. And that's just because of how U.S. Soccer Federation has built it up. So you have franchises, not clubs, which there are starting to become clubs uh, more and more. There's people who, because the idea of a club is that you have other teams like a Hmm. tennis squad, a cricket squad, whatever. That's how it's going anyway. Hmm. Um, And so you're starting to see that more and more, but they have made it very, very rich to get in. Hmm. The USL is a very much a money pit. It's right. you're, if you're not in the top tier, just like you are in England, if you're not in the prim, you're just shoveling money into a fire. You're not making money. Yeah, it's essentially what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what our owners are doing. But I mean, it's hmm. also, if you can get into that top tier, you're just, you're just bringing in money. It is just free money. Print it. So why are your owners doing that, throwing money away, essentially? Um, honestly, I don't know. I, I no. it's they've they've done a good job. They care about the team a mm. lot. Um, I've hammered this drum a lot of time, a lot that they could they could easily go out and just buy us into MLS. They could easily go out and buy the new stadium. They mm. like they if they wanted to buy us a stadium, they could build it today. If they want, they could do it, but they want to grow it organically first. They, instead of, instead of uh, really, I guess, subscribing to the, if you build it, they'll come. Hmm. It's if you, if they come, you can build it. We'll build it. Yeah. And so they could definitely afford to fly me out, put me up in a hotel and get me to a Legion game. Is that what you're saying? Oh, not even, not even a question, mate. Right. (laughs) Cut this, put it at the front, <laughs> get me out there. I want a holiday. Listen, mate. <laughs> I <laughs> I mean, if we can I've I want oh, what just happened? Oh, you lost your mark, I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this happened. Wonderful podcaster I am, top tier. <laughs> mess mess with the microphone a little bit and suddenly all the voices are coming out. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean they could they could do all that i mean they can mm. pay for whatever they have that kind of money i mean it's they don't have the mls screw you money where they can mm. just do whatever but they they're not hurting and mm. i think what i've gotten from it is that they want to build a footballing culture here because they can yeah. they yeah. really can the demographics here are set up perfectly for it. if they can reach out to the right people they can they can build something really, really special here. And if people want to wonder if they love it or not. So our owners are multi, 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 multi-millionaires. Mm. It's, you know, three, you know, it's hundreds of millions of dollars to their name. They're, they're not struggling by any stretch. Mm. We had several games last year at the stadium that we were playing at that would get rained out because the pitch didn't drain it. Mm. It was almost proper Sunday league, basically just kind of the field that we were playing on and our owners 
multi, multi, multi-millionaires were on the field squeegeeing water off the field. They had rooms and mops and trying to get water off the pitch just for Mm. a chance to play. I mean, those are the kind of things that our owners are doing. They're out there themselves putting out chairs, putting up TVs. They are fixing things when they have to be fixed. They are, Mm. they're doing it themselves. So the idea that they don't love it, they do love it. And I think that's kind of why they're doing it is to build something here. It's not the, it's not necessarily about what's happening with the, with the bank account, more or less like what Mm. can they build with the bank account? Yeah. So yeah, as a kind of similar, like in terms of helping people out, if you take them a massive bag of money, they will launder it through Birmingham city and it comes out clean. So, you know, your owners help our owners help kind of the same thing. I mean, the club is absolutely helping you guys just uh, making sure that, Hey, never go back to China, never go back to Hong Kong, (laughs) avoid the U S if you can, they're doing a cracking job. If you, to anybody wondering why Birmingham city hasn't played Legion in a friendly, it's because their owners aren't allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Yeah. The minute they step foot on American soil, they will be arrested. (laughs) Same goes for China. Same goes for Cambodia. Same goes for the British Virgin. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the geese is wanted in a few countries now. So yeah. I mean, I mean, on one hand, it's not great, but on the other hand, it's just nice to know that you're wanted. Well, exactly, mate, exactly. <laughs> like, that, isn't that what we all want, really? I mean, um, he's, I mean, in all in all reality, he's probably just sitting there like, I mean, they they want me, they love me. It's they, like Valentine's Day every day for him. <laughs> it's amazing. He's A getting, whole army of people after him. He's getting cards in the mail, all just saying, <laughs> where's our money? Love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's our money? Love you. Here's a horse's head. <laughs> oh, man. So I do need to get on and go on from this. Oh, no, but, I kept you talking. Nah, you're good, man. I've had a blast. Uh, say Thank you so much for coming on, Chad. I know it's like 11 over there now. Yeah, 20 past 11. Uh, it's, I don't you know, mind. No biggie. But no beginning. <laughs> appreciate you so much, man. Um obviously they can people can find you on Twitter if they can just look up Mark Watson. There's only like mm. one of you. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one short fat ginger. Mark Watson, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Mark Watson eighteen seventy five is my yeah, my Twitter. Well, uh listen to Fat Lads if and when it comes back, her game too, obviously. Um mm. and follow Mark on old Twitter and uh yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Can't wait to do it again sometime soon. Definitely. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. All right. And everybody for this whole uh, two hours and 20 minutes, you can almost watch the Batman, but I'm really glad that you decided to listen to this instead. (laughs) So appreciate, appreciate you all for listening. And thank you again uh, to Mark. Uh, But until next time, guys, keep hammering on.